1: Hey, what's up and welcome to another episode of Serious Issues, a weekly comic book podcast hosted by me, Andrew Levins, and her Siobhan Coombs. Hello. Catchphrase. <laughs> um, recorded every week from King's Comics in Sydney. Um, every week we review all of the new comics. We pretty much, almost all of them. I read, I think I've got 60-ish comics in front of me. Oh, it was a big week. Big week. And uh, we we divided up. We did the Marvel books, we do the DC books, we do the Image books, we do the Archie books. We do the miscellanea, <laughs> and apologies to everyone who works at the miscellanea offices, um, but we start off every show by reviewing all of the new number ones, the number one issues that came out last week. We call this segment First Things First, and uh, we're going to delve just straight into that. I don't even care how you are, Siobhan. Normally, I'd ask how you are. I'm going to ask at the end of the episode. Oh, nice. Excellent. I <laughs> so look forward to that. That's, yeah. the, uh, <laughs> that's the tease for how good this episode is about to get. Let's start with the big number one for me. My favorite number one book that came out this week came out through Image. was called God Country. Uh, by a creative team that I'm not too familiar with, Donny Cates on words, uh, Jeff Shaw on art, and uh, this was a, an out of nowhere big hit, sold out at King's Comics and uh, mm. other comic book shops around the world. Um, it is, I guess, a kind of like a, a, a take almost on the uh, the problem uh, that that Jane Foster suffers from in in Thor. You have someone who is sick who wields a big weapon, mm-hmm. and when they wield the weapon, they are unstoppable. But as soon as they let go of it. They're a rambling old man.
2: <laughs> that's Not, what that's what Jay Foster's like. That's right.
1: Yeah. Um, so this uh, this is just a really, really well done number one. It sets up the world really well. You have a um, a, a young couple with a daughter, um, and the father of the couple is forced to look after his father who's suffering from uh, dementia,
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, to the point where he, you know, is basically yelling and swearing in front of his child and
2: being violent.
1: Yep. Yeah, Uh, You know, like he's on first name basis with uh, the local police um, who are constantly having to take him back home when he's out having an episode. Um, And we learn when a massive storm hits the town and and the the storm actually contains a monster within it, who should step up? But this, uh, you know, suspected, rambling, mind-lost old man wielding an enormous sword.
2: Yeah, this was great. I've never heard of any of the people involved. I had no... Like, I mean, it's so interesting that this book has sold so remarkably well because it, um, I feel like there hasn't been any hype around it. We didn't get like previews or anything like that. So it's just interesting how word of mouth about this one got around. Yeah. Um, But such an interesting concept and so well executed in that first issue, like a really well paced issue. Really, um, just really interesting, really Mm. interestingly told.
1: The only reason I'd heard of it because I uh, read Image Plus, which is like the, oh, the, the image-specific yeah, yeah. previews magazine, which mm-hmm. is actually a really good read. I know. I should read it. It's got your, your boy Brandon Graham doing uh, free cartoons in there every month. There's
2: heaps of cool stuff in there. I don't know why I don't read it. Everyone should read it. It's really
1: good. It's actually like, it, it doesn't feel like you're being advertised to either. Yeah. It's like, you, you you know, you're getting the privilege of reading these sneak peeks and gone yeah. Country was one recently. It's like, you know, less than five bucks to pick it up each month. Um... But uh, yeah, this, I, I really enjoyed the art. It was very um, unique to, to, to this book. I've not seen... You know, it's quite uh, kind of rough pencils, but there is a, quite a, a lot of good finish to it.
2: Yeah, um, it's almost like a Matt Kint quality, but um, with like slightly more technical... Like a slightly more technical
1: Yeah, book? especially when they draw know, incredible storms and explosions. Absolutely. Which the book delivers in spades. Yeah, and great,
2: um, great facial expressions, great sort of character work.
1: Yeah, so it looks like this is going to balance that kind of, you know, um, it looks like all the members of, of the young family are going to be play a big role in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to be looking after uh, the ailing old man who can also turn into the hero of this book. It looks like the, um, whoever owns... Originally owned the the sword that he wields is going to come and try and get it off him at some point. And plus there's the uh, issue of the big storm that they're trying to escape too. So
2: And there's demons in the storm.
1: That's right. Demon, it's a demon it's storm. It's not just a it's regular a, storm. It's a classic case of a demon storm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all about this book. Um, yep. It was a nice surprise. We should start a segment called, um, like when we, when we do our, like what's coming out next week. Yeah. We should start doing predictions on which image books will sell out. Because it used to be a, I swear it was like around the time of Saga. Every image, or maybe it's just because of Saga, but every image number one. If you didn't get to Kings, which is where I do all my comic book shopping, where, what's the address of this place again?
3: Three
2: hundred and ten uh, Pitt Street or kingscomics.com. Guys. Seamless, seamless. <laughs> um,
1: but I mean, if I don't get to Kings by like like Thursday morning after, yeah. the, um, you know, if, if you wait until Thursday lunchtime, all the new number ones from Image would be gone. Yeah, and this, now
2: there's so many Image number that's ones right. all the time,
1: um, and not all of them sell out. Sometimes we do have a weird hit on the hands, but. Uh, God country was definitely a big seller. If you if you got the first edition of this one, congratulations. A year from now, it'll be worth $3 more than what you paid for it.
2: <laughs> I am I am 100% wrong with these predictions all the time as well. I can never tell when something's going to sell out and be a huge hit. So so I look forward to being wrong. All yeah,
1: we've we've got some new image books coming out next week. So when we Great. do what's coming out next week at the end of the show. Not only will you find out how Siobhan is, <laughs> you're also going to find out whether or not we think the Image books are going to sell out next week. Uh, over from uh, Image right now to DC, they had a, a big crossover event, which is something that I would never read unless I did this podcast. This is Justice League and the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I
2: didn't read this, even though I do do this podcast. Wow, I just don't know anything about Power Rangers. Like, I've, I have a vague... like. I remember the explosions from watching it as a small child and like the crazy fireworks, but I never had an especial like affection or affinity for the show. Like some of the people here, it was like a top of the pile. Like I have to read this immediately, um, yeah, he, yeah, but I just don't. I don't have that nostalgia.
1: You had to, yeah. You, thing ha- you with had it. to have been at school at a certain point in time when they when it yeah. was on at four thirty every afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed the SNES game of Mine One from Power Rangers. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I definitely saw the movie when it came out. When it didn't had that shampoo song. Uh-oh, we're in trouble. Something's oh. come along and it's burst our bubble. Um, what? It, someone at <laughs> Boom, make sure you put shampoo in the comics, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comics. I'd love that. <laughs> um, so this comic, I'll, I'll compliment it because it is actually a good entry point if you're not too familiar with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Like, even a more basic note, you just know that there are a bunch of douchebags, kids that have colourful uniforms that can summon enormous, uh, like, uh transformery yeah. dinosaurs that can combine together to make a mechazord or some shit. Yeah. Their villains are like the weakest thing about Mighty Wolf and Power Rangers at the villains. They're all just like ha ha, ha Power Rangers <laughs> now I've got you. Seize them. Like it's just... Dude, That sounds perfect. That sounds great to me. <laughs> but um what's the the like this kind of sets itself up pretty pretty solidly I guess. Like I didn't find it particularly riveting. The entertainment for me came from Basically, a, a portal opens and the, and the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers are in Gotham City. Okay. Um, and is this an
2: in-continuity, Justice I League? I <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, But the Black Ranger um, is the first to go there and um, he kind of bumps into Batman straight away and the two begin fighting. Then the rest of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers show up and they all start fighting Batman and he calls the Flash in to help. And, oh, yeah. Um, then uh, the Pink Power Ranger says, Pterodactyl Dinosaur Power! <laughs> and her... Um, big transformery dinosaur pterodactyl shows up and um, snatches uh, Batman. And the Flash says to Cyclops, sorry, not to Cyclops, to Cyborg, oh, yeah. um, who's in the Watchtower, uh, I'm not quite sure how to say this, but Batman's been taken by a flying pink dinosaur robot. So, I mean, that's, c- that's kind of it. entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> he did know how to say it. That's a good point. Uh <laughs> This your enjoyment of this will entirely rely on how much you enjoyed re- watching Power Rangers growing up.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Or if you just you know are a Justice League diehard that just likes them seeing it getting into weird weird yeah. adventures and knowing that no one important. will Lynn, die. was
2: it you who was mad that um, Batman? She, Lynn was really mad because she was like, Batman wouldn't call the Flash; he would call Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Flash is not at the top of his speed dial. Well, actually, what which I is a compelling point. <laughs> well, but I
1: appreciated that he called Flash. I thought, I thought that was a fun it was good a, different, them. a different take yeah because I'm still not quite used to this universe
2: <laughs> it was the wrong it was clearly the wrong decision because he got taken I don't think Superman okay so that's the that real happened. problem with this book
3: <laughs> I always Superman. love
2: Lynn's problems with books because I'm just like no one else would have that problem it's so funny
1: if you ever come to King's Comics just ask for Lynn and ask her what's your problem this week yeah. <laughs> when- and then and then ask for Wayne's Pains yeah <laughs> which is a registered term of serious issues I like Wayne's Wance better Wayne's, but- Wayne's Wance okay <laughs> there's so many reasons to come to King's everybody what's What's that address again? catch? <laughs>
2: 310 Fifth Street. Seamless.
1: Um, also, DC this week put out um, the second of their Justice League of America prequel books. Uh, this one features Vixen, uh, written by Steve Orlando with Jody Hauser, And uh, art, the strongest thing about this book, I thought, was the art by um, Jamal Campbell.
2: Hmm. Yeah, I've, the art's really nice in this book. And
1: really different, too. It's like very, you know, you can tell it's very digitally done, but um, I, I, I quite liked the color work on it. Sort of like it. La Roca? Definitely,
2: element to it, especially when Larocca was being digitally colored and all that Iron Man stuff. Definitely, Um, Vixen's a Vixen's a difficult character, you know, like because she's so like she's a (laughs) supermodel. She's a supermodel who also has like an African totem thing that makes her into animals.
1: But she's not Animal Man.
2: No, but she's not Animal Man or Beast Boy which, like, she's basically, like, a non-green Beast Boy.
1: That's so funny that DC have three characters that can summon the power of animals. And then there, isn't there, like, not KG Beast, isn't there another guy that can, be, like, a villain that can also summon the power of animals oh, as well? I'm sure there is. Yeah, yeah. There
2: must have been yeah. one over time. He can, you know,
1: he can, no, it's some villain that can combine the powers of animals. He, like, morphs them together and then makes them attack Batman. Anybody in the King's Office know who I'm talking about? <laughs>
2: Sounds horrible. No. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Let us know. King's uh, what is it? Serious issues at kingscomics.com. dot com. That's our email address for you to uh send angry angry thoughts to us when we get things wrong. Or yes, find please. us on Facebook. Facebook dot com slash serious issues podcasts. So Vixen is weird. And, yeah. Uh,
2: but I think this does a pretty good job of introducing the character, um making her sort of likable. Definitely. And at least compelling, you know. Like it starts off with her sort of doing a, a um Press, a press talk show thing um, talking about the orphanage or school or something that she organizes and donates money to. And then some one of the kids from the school comes on stage and is like, Well, you've never even been there, so how do you know that we're doing good work? And my mum was kidnapped and you didn't do anything about it. You All, don't even yeah. give a shit about us. All you
1: do is care about saving animals, but what about the children?
2: Yeah, yeah. What about human animals?
1: So immediately you kind of get yeah, that there's a level of depth to Vixen's kind of non-superhero life that I've not seen before I've not read her in that many books definitely in like more teams scenarios
2: yeah yeah I've never read it. Uh, no I'm thinking of that other one never mind um,
1: Animal Man or, or I, Beast Boy no was
2: <laughs> that one when there was the fifty when 52 happened and she was like a stripper but also a snake lady no does anyone remember that one do you <laughs> remember Comics, that one Jim
1: Kings Comics office useless today <laughs>
2: <laughs> what's her name yeah, 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 yeah. Remember what she was... Voodoo from Wildstorm, is that what it was? Yeah, but they, didn't she have her own title in New 52? Yeah, have, right. right. yeah, anyway. I take it back, King's
1: Comics office. Not that useless after um, <laughs> Voodoo in New 52 or something.
2: I think the main thing is that this makes me hopeful for um, this new Justice League of America title because I think Steve Orlando is doing a pretty good job at introducing these characters Um this so far they have more personality than the current justice League so i am mm-hmm. totally into that um, I'm into having a little more diversity in the book I'm into if this artist works on it again that would be awesome I'd be very I'd be very into that
1: yeah, like at the moment over at Marvel the main Avengers title isn't fantastic, but they've always got a bunch of side Avengers books that are interesting. Absolutely. Like we're going to talk- be talking about uncanny Avengers. Yeah. Th- which is like one of those books that like I don't we don't give enough credit to for actually yeah. just being solid all the time. Absolutely. Um but uh yeah, I'm hoping that the Justice League is it just got Justice League of America. Justice League
2: of America. It
1: feel, kind of fills that void for being like yeah. a slightly wackier ragtag bunch of dudes, just uh, yeah. trying to trying to make ends meet and save the day, like Justice League and International Batman. without the gags. <laughs> I'm hoping for gags though. Th- um,
3: it
2: doesn't seem very gag heavy yet, and I think the the Ray is the one that's out next week, and I think that he is not exactly a gag a heavy character. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so
1: there's <laughs> the DC books. You got more DC books, obviously, that weren't number ones coming up later in the show. Um, we read a manga this week uh which is uh the second in a series that we've really enjoyed which are the manga versions of the Sherlock BBC series mm-hmm. um they uh adapted from the um Steve Thompson scripts that he co-created with um Stephen Moffat and Mark Gatiss through who they, they do the TV show together so basically there's a manga versions direct from each episode of Sherlock um and they're all done by a Japanese artist called Jay.
2: and Jay is obviously like an absolute treasure manages to give like this really fun impish quality to Sherlock which like manages to make Benedict Cumberbatch's face even more angular and weird so it's he's heaps cute and funny and there's lots of like they totally play into the weird sort of romantic slash sexual tension that people kind of force onto that relationship which is fun I think it's
1: really well done so here's the biggest difference between this comic and the last one we read the first series which is the uh, the six Mm. issues based off the first episode of Sherlock I'd not watched any Sherlock before reading that and ah, i and after after finished it i watched the first episode and then just last week i watched the second episode of sherlock and this is the first issue of the second episode of sherlock the blind banker
2: it's good right that's a good show is
1: the, yeah but this is better
2: yeah i know i've like it like i i probably prefer the manga version of most things if all my favorite things could be adapted into manga i would enjoy that i think um, sherlock
1: began 10 years ago or so so a lot of um or is it maybe like i don't look some some amount of years ago yeah. um but a lot of the uh kind of filmmaking kind of almost gimmicks they do in mm. that like when when they then they kind of show Sherlock racking his brain and using right, his mind right, power right. to do things it's a bit dated and weird mm. uh, all the editing there but it works really well in in the subtext that you can do in especially in manga where you can kind of like you can the onomatopoeia can be like you know thinking like yeah, kind of, yeah
2: yeah i was like and that's one of my favorite things about this is because they do little translations of the onomatopoeia underneath the panel, which is really fun. Cause a lot of time you don't necessarily, like they might have a, a guide to it in the back of the book, but I'm not going to go through and do that every single, for every single page. Yeah. So it's fun to see like a little one that says beam. So, you know, Sherlock is really smiling and <laughs> leans in. So you sort of understand the motion of it and the way it's all kind of moving. It's such a, it's yeah, it's a really clever book. I so really love
1: it. The second episode of Sherlock, I don't think is anywhere near as good as the first one. This one uh, contains one of my least favorite tropes of the mystery. Um, Genre, which is the mysterious orient oh yeah
2: absolutely (laughs) and there's
1: like always like you know like kind of chinese lutes playing whenever like there's (laughs) like a a suspenseful part and there's you know just like you know there's this one involves like a chinese circus and martial arts and i just
2: yeah no yeah i'm a bad person because i think i think because of tintin i i sort of have a weird like it's like the Blue Lotus, like soft spot, which is in fact, which is terrible and racist are
1: actually called the Black Lotus. Oh this. my god! So it, not, yeah, the, it's, there it there may as go. well be tintin, um, but uh, tintin. it's done a lot more subtly in the comic version, the manga version. Yeah, um, probably because it was written, it was drawn by an Asian person. Who yeah. was like this is kind of fucked up.
2: Just <laughs> gonna just gonna get rid of some of this stuff. <laughs>
1: um, and it helps that you don't hear like the, that kind of you know. Bing bong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Completely Sorry. nailed. Exactly. exactly what <laughs> is what the episode sounds like? Just like stock. Yeah, Asian music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you ever watched, have You ever watch um, Anthony Bourdain's cooking show, No Reservations? No. So the I best episode here's difficult. The best episodes just from a purely like, um, like I want to get a list of restaurants that I want to eat at when I go to this destination are all the Southeast Asian episodes. But so he'll go eat incredible, like the Vietnamese episode mm. in particular is incredible. But for every like amazing dish he eats, he also does these like quiet moments of reflection. Oh God! Where it's just like images of like his reflection in the water while a lotus flower floats across oh, a river man. and then just like, yeah, bing, bong, <laughs> bong, bong. It's just so bad. It's remind The music in the-, the Sherlock episode reminded me of that. Uh, yeah, anyway, Sherlock the Blind Banker, if you uh, enjoy the show or you just enjoy reading a manga in a big format
2: yeah it's a like it's genuinely delightful to read and something it's a good good
1: entry level I, this is one, one of those books where I'm like why don't I just read more manga so I think maybe one of my it's new like, resolutions it's like
2: I've been saying it for years <laughs>
1: one of my new year's resolutions should be to at least read <laughs> yes. one manga series that way we should we could have manga corner totally okay
2: I'm so into that
1: maybe we could do a bonus episode where you you I'm about to go on tour again and I'll oh, have yeah. some, I'll have some downtime i actually read some of the mango that, one, you, you, I think I've been borrowing from you for years. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. You had the first volume of Pluto for so long. Eventually, I took it back. And it, it infuriates me because I just started my, like, sort of annual reread of Pluto. And it's just such a good book. It's so brilliant. I'm going to have to borrow, it, have it, to borrow it again it. for another three
1: years. Come on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Sherlock, very good. Blind banker, great stuff. Jay is a treasure. What else has he done? I don't know. Okay, we'll look it up. Like no idea. It's a hard guy to Google. His name yeah. is just J A Y. There's no last name or anything like that. I'm sure J Manga is a <laughs> yeah, no good fan sure of Yeah, we'll Google it. Uh, So from Sherlock Holmes to another great uh, British. Uh,
2: property? Property?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that works. James Bond. Um, I raved last week, last year. It was probably one of my favorite books. Top five books of the year was the wow. uh, Warren Ellis and Ian Masters James Bond run. A run that completely took me by surprise. Mm. Uh, in that I don't really have any interest in the James Bond movies anymore. But uh, the way that he wrote the character was just fantastic. Basically written as a, as a completely awful prick who was also the most competent agent. Uh, the UK has. Yeah, um, and
2: sort of brought that like kind of horrible sleazy charm back to the character, you know? Like but he, was a bit he, but of a he
1: wasn't gross sleazy. No, and no. Then, and so that, that, since they've had that run, Dynamite have the license now and Andy Diggle has done a, a, what, that Hammerhead run, yeah. which I've not enjoyed at all. I, I dropped that. Um, the, yeah. the, he made his James Bond way too sleazy.
2: It was much more of a Pierce Brosnan style James um, Bond. I, I think
1: the Warren Ellis run has actually ended. Um, I, uh, yeah, I think he's left. On, the, on, the, on our, the, our holiday episode, mm. I, I, I said that, that I think that was the last the last issue. Mm. And it ends, you know how Nighthawk ended really abruptly?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my
1: God, like this one, you know, this, this ends like a 10 issue run uh, in a really, but I love an abrupt ending and Warren mm. Ellis is so good at them. Um, so I was uh, a bit dubious at this one. This is called Felix Letter. It's written by James Robinson. Um, with art by Aaron Campbell. And this actually spins, is a spin-off series from, uh, directly from Warren Ellis's run, uh, where we catch up with the character, an, a fellow agent, um, who loses a leg and an arm uh, during the Varga run that Warren Ellis wrote. And, um, and he's a,
2: CIA, well, a former CIA bro now.
1: That's right. Um, and so he now um, is in Shin, Shinjuku, mm-hmm. um, kind of laying low, deep cover kind of stuff. And he ha- James Bond has given him these cool um, like
2: cool cyborg arm and leg
1: that's right um, and uh, this is basically just a nice little setup we catch up with, with how how he's like you know what he's doing and um, his name is Felix Letter um, and uh, we kind of see his kind of current mission and then at the end a bomb gets a, a, an actual bomb gets dropped hmm. um, and uh, we, we see him try to kind of he's on the on the run for some girl and uh, who is a, an ex-Russian agent also in Shunjuku and um, yeah, I think this, this I was I was like I was like oh I'm not going to enjoy this, but I actually quite enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, I thought it was um it was more enjoyable than I expected, but I think the bit that I was most excited about is in the back they have a preview of the new James Bond series which um is
1: written by Benjamin Percy who's doing the Green Arrow run that we don't like, currently at, at DC, but the Teen
2: Titans run that we do like.
1: Do you still like that? I read the last one and at one point Kid Flash gets a forced enema.
2: I don't remember that at all, but I remember really enjoying the issue. Um <laughs> But the art by um Rafa Lobosco is really cool. It's like a little wordless wordless skiing preview and it was just just very um I liked it. It it felt very James Bond to me and like it's a it's a really I love a good like telling a story without actually having to say anything.
1: Have you got a favorite James Bond actor?
2: Um I mean Sean Connery is like the boring but probably right I, I
1: am. I like the, the dumber ones. I like Timothy Dalton and Roger Moore a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and Roger Moore, that's the like the, the famous skiing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and this reminded me a lot of that.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Um. So I didn't. I didn't like dislike this, but I think there's better spy comics out there. To be honest, like I, like I'll read a James Bond comic, but um, if you're looking for a spy comic, read Velvet.
1: Yeah, obviously. But if you enjoyed the Warren Ellis run and you want to see, and you were dubious of this one, you're like, "What happened to Felix?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I had to re- like really force my memory to remember who the who the fuck Felix was. Yeah, because yeah. so much happened in that James Bond comic. But this is good. I, yeah, I didn't it. remember it all. <clears throat> um, over to um, Titan now, um, another another label from the UK, mm-hmm. um, publishing a bunch of European crime comics in their Hard Case crime um, little. What do you call it? Like a label. little imprint. Yeah publisher um this is uh, a book called the assignment um written by walter hill and dennis hamill in which um a an assassin wakes up and at some point he was a he but now he's been forced transitioned and he wakes up as a woman
2: yeah like you don't find that out until the final page so apologies spoilers anyone who was well, i mean no, um, the
1: first page you see someone taking bandages off and being a woman
2: well, you can't. You can't necessarily tell this woman like she has like eyelashes, <laughs> which apparently happens when you transition, and much better eyebrows. Yeah. Um, look, I mean, this is, a, this is a. I really liked the art in this. <laughs> sure. Um, well, I mean, yeah. um, and that, up that... until I realised what that reveal was, I was really enjoying it because I, I quite like straight crime comics and I like Eurocrime crime comics and. Um, the art's fantastic Yeah, the art's genuinely and really good Probably
1: the reason to pick up at least it's a flick through all these hard case crime books Yeah The, the, the art on that book Trigger Man is fantastic Absolutely. as well Absolutely
2: um, But yeah, that's a complicated ending and I don't know how I feel about it
1: um, yeah, It's like a, like a transgender body horror book
2: Yeah, which is all like that's an interesting space to be playing in Yeah uh, the, look, In this day uh, and age
1: The Europeans are classier when it comes to tackling issues like these Maybe it will be done well and the
2: villain it seems to be a like quite cool, scary older female scientist who has forced people to transition for some for some unspecified reason. And I'm, I'm, it's it's actually like it's pretty compelling. Like I'm a bit interested to see why why yeah. she did that for what purpose, um, and where it's going. Um, so I, I think I'll probably I'll probably pick up the next issue.
1: Yeah, I might too. It's oh, interesting. I wasn't crazy about this book, but uh, I'm I'm interested enough to see what happens next.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> this is
1: a big bonus issue as well. Oh, yeah. It's really...
2: Um, that's a heavy, thick issue.
1: Five ninety nine US for quite a few pages. Mm. Uh, Dynamite this week put out a new number one of Red Sonja. Oh, I read... didn't read this. Oh, sorry. damn it. I was relying on what I assume you have knowledge of Red Sonja to... The
2: only... <laughs> literally, the only knowledge I have of Red Sonja is that she is like Lady Conan in a chainmail bikini. Yeah. That's did you, it, did you, right? read the,
1: you didn't read the Gail Simone run? No,
3: no?
2: it's just... I, I don't... I don't like Conan. I don't like characters like that, especially. I've never found yep. it especially interesting. If I don't you don't really like Conan, what...
1: you should totally read the Brian Wood and Becky Cloon. Oh, no, that Conan was good. Ran. That was awesome. That was amazing. Uh, Red Sonya is a character I'm not familiar with at all. It didn't help that the that the variant that I got is like the cosplay variant. Oh, so yeah. So some, some sexy lady wearing uh, Red Sonya's just stupid outfit it's
2: one of it is one of my all time favourite cosplays especially because a lot of the conventions happen in winter in Sydney um, which like we don't have the coldest winter of all time but it is still funny to see ladies walking around in a little chainmail bikini <laughs> uh,
1: so this uh, I'm not sure if this is a thing that's happened um, to Red Sonja before but something has happened and just like the Power Rangers were transported to Gotham uh, Red Sonja has been transported to our world <laughs>
2: she's so nude
1: and um, yeah they, they, they basically get reports that a naked lady is wielding a sword in Times Square or whatever and um, um, bunch of police, including one uh, rookie cop who can somewhat speak Red Sonia's language, uh, have to arrest Red Sonia, and um, she gets taken to a mental asylum.
2: That sounds like my worst idea of what a Red Sonia comic <laughs> <Yeah>. could be. <laughs>
1: but I guess I you don't know. You, you, you got you to gotta try everything with an old franchise. Yeah, absolutely. Red um, at one point, she steals a policeman's jacket and then is uh, just hanging out in Central Park Zoo. Still no pants. Still no pants, though. Her butt. Who needs pants? Her butt. Not 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 susceptible to frostbite.
2: I say this. I say this like every single time that there's like a sexy cave woman character. But where where'd she? How's she got such well groomed armpits and shit? You <laughs> yeah, know, true. like
1: give the. I want. She's got lovely red hair too. I want to see the red. The red red armpit haired red sign yes. that we all deserve.
2: Yes. Oh my god. I found my calling.
1: Just <laughs> you know what. Get this book, get a red crayon, and
2: <laughs> make, make your the Red own. Sonya
1: comic you deserve. Absolutely. Uh, I'm not going to be reading the second issue of this. But, it, yeah. you know, it wasn't terrible. Uh, written who's, by who's writing it? Amy, Amy Chu. And okay. the art's probably the worst thing about it by uh, Carlos Gomez. Often the thing that lets down most dynamite books is uh, the art. Hmm. Um, they've actually been giving some pretty decent artists to the, the James Bond books that they're putting out, though. Yeah. Which is part of the reason why they're so enjoyable. Um, mm-hmm. Finally, I read a Lobster Johnson one-shot Um, Lobster Johnson is the pulp hero that inspired Hellboy. He's kind of part of the Hellboy universe, and they always do stories set in like the early to mid-1900s of him just kind of like thwarting zombies and monsters and that kind of thing. This one features him kind of uh, investigating a graveyard in New Jersey, and for whatever reason, there's a terrible... I kind of—it's almost like comic book blackface when they have like a New Orleans character that's like that boy over there. Give him (laughs) dem fish, dem. It's just like man, this is just the worst. Yeah. I I, I kind of like—I hate it when um when they write Rogue with like like my m a h like that. That's enough to. Oh man, I love that. Really, I
2: love some terrible like accent written accent. Gambit would not be Gambit without like. All All of of I can terrible, handle like, him saying Montchere. Mon
1: That's fine, but like,
2: <laughs> so good.
1: Uh, I don't know. Pick like a catchphrase. I, 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 it's like when uh, when you know any Russian character says like you know, Pogromoi. <laughs> <a, yeah>, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I can live with that. But it's when they rewrite words that I know. I know like, it, yeah, once you yeah, have that, yeah. you know, the, the the language catchphrase. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. I know this is a Russian accent. I know this yeah. is a New Orleans accent it gets borderline racist when you just write all yeah, dialogue true. like it. Um, anyway, this this was like a, just a kind of fun little one shot. Um, it, was, it wasn't, there was a really great Lobster Johnson mini-series that came out last year written by the same creative team, Mike Mignola and John Arcudi uh, that was much better than this one. So go look for that instead. Cool. Cool. Those are our all the uh, first issues from last week that we reviewed uh, let us know which ones you are going to stick with uh, of that mm. list I'm definitely going to stick with God's Country yes. and uh, looking forward to Justice League of America obviously Sherlock and uh, James Bond I don't know and I think I'm going to keep picking it, picking at a few other ones but mm. those are the ones that really really sold me this week Uh, now we move from our uh, second most popular uh, segment first things first to our most popular and that is flip a coin for Marvel or DC huge guys we got all your emails we know you love this segment we know that your (laughs) favourite character is not Siobhan not Levins in fact it is the one dollar coin in my hand right now so Siobhan uh, is Heads Marvel or DC
2: it is DC it's a
1: hard decision they have to make every week and Heads it is DC goes first I don't know why I wanted
2: that but Soon
1: you, you can you know you can place bets on sports bet for uh, whether we're going to do DC or Marvel first each week. <laughs> Current odds were seventy to thirty in Whoa. Marvel's favor, so lucky I didn't put any money down. Um, let's start with the good. I kind of like trying to start with a good. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Oh, you know what
1: we should start with? The end of Wonder Woman year one. This is the last uh, Wonder Woman book that Nicholas Scott drew unfortunately but fortunately yep. she is stopped so she can go and finish Black Magic with her other book with Greg Rucker
2: phew thank goodness
1: uh, Greg Rucker obviously writing this one and as we know Wonder Woman has been split into two halves um, every odd issue is current day Wonder Woman every even issue is Wonder Woman year one these stories of when she first came to earth not earth to, to man's world mm-hmm. um and uh, she basically learns in this issue why she was sent from Themyscira to Man's World to kind of instill hope and stop uh, war from taking over their world.
2: And also realizes why it was so important for her to not have the, not be able to return and not know where Themyscira is, which is cool. Like, I like that. I like that they sort of uh, gave that a real reason. Ah, oh, this was a great, like... This was a good ending. This was a solid ending. Yeah, you know, like totally. A really satisfying um, finish I really liked. I mean, Ares is like, can be a fairly boring villain. He gets like, he's, you know, he's obviously Wonder Woman's like main villain. So he gets yeah. used a lot. But um, I liked the interaction between them in this. I thought it was really clever. I thought it was really well done. So I'm into it.
1: Yeah. I, I, was, uh, I was all about this. It was mm. re- re- real fun. I mean, I don't think it was... As epic an ending as I was kind of expecting, but given that it's not actually the end of the story, rather just kind of the end of this arc, yeah. I thought it was done really well, and I look forward to reading all of Year One, one after the other. Although we we know that both both timelines feed into each other really well, yeah. So I thought they were going to abandon the Year One concept now that Nicholas Scott's not doing it, but it looks like Issue Fifteen, the next issue, is the beginning of an arc called The Truth, and Issue Sixteen is the beginning of an arc called God Watch. So what mm. timeline those will be set in is uh it's something that we'll find out very soon. Very interesting. Um, this won our best DC book of last year, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I think it was much, very much in part to Nicholas Scott's art. So I don't yeah. know who. I'm sure we could fi- look it up, but why, why not? let's just let's just wait. Let's get the surprise when it happens. Um, I look forward to seeing big who, boots to fill. Exactly. Um, well done to Nicholas Scott for doing probably my favorite Wonder Woman arc um, that I've ever read.
3: Maybe. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And
2: like full like that was. It's been like a. You know, career high for her, and like um, something that she's like the reason that she got into comics was because she wanted to draw Wonder Woman. So this has been like you know a huge exciting deal for her, and I'm so um, I'm so glad that this is going to go down as one of the all time great Wonder Woman runs. Yeah,
1: and of course we 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 shouldn't not compliment Greg Rucka for oh, doing yeah. the, the some of his best work too. Absolutely, with a character that he obviously loves very much. Awesome, that was On Woman number fourteen. You should be reading that book. It's probably DC's best book. Yeah, I mean, it was voted by you as the best, so it is. It's canon. Um, (laughs) Let's talk about sex, baby. (laughs) Um,
2: That's a different take on the podcast. Also, it's
1: uh, it's a uh, it's not an it's an image book and didn't come out this week either. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of sex, Sex Criminals is coming back soon. That's yeah. Oh,
2: um, that'll be
1: nice, I guess. I can't find any other DC book that I really like.
2: What about... Okay, what about... Oh, I
1: love Flash this week.
2: Yeah, Flash was great this week, right? I was
1: uh, about to drop this. This is the uh, Flash run by uh, Josh Williamson with uh, Carmine Dijon Domenico. Nailed
2: it. Um,
1: I think I really, I'm getting quite quit at doing that one, I
2: think. Mm, absolutely.
1: Um, and uh, You get to say Dijon, which is a great mustard. Top three. Um, uh, the Flash kind of had a very good, strong arc that I, I liked how long it went for, the Godspeed arc, mm-hmm. uh, where everyone in... Uh, in flush's hometown got uh got speeds to powers mm-hmm. um but uh the last few issues have been like different artists that I don't think were anywhere near as good as carmine um but i uh you know so whenever he's back on the book it's it's immediately a better book absolutely um but also the stories I didn't really love the shade um arc yeah I
2: mean that was just like a little two issue kind of in between arc. I quite like the shade, so it's kind of a nice like I kind of enjoyed um that little mini. Mini story,
1: you know which uh, of Flash, Flash's uh, enemies I prefer a lot more than the Shade.
2: Is it the Rogues? It is
1: the goddamn Rogues, and this is all about their return, specifically Captain Cold. Mm. I'm a big, uh, big fan of Snurt. Yeah. is it Snart? Snurt. Snurt, <laughs> Um, which is uh, cut. Is it's Snart? It's Snart.
2: Oh, well, what do I know?
1: <laughs> Thanks, Lynn. Lynn Snart.
2: Lynn looks so mad at me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, if you can talk about when you talk about like classic enemies. Yeah, you talk about Batman's rogues gallery, Spider-Man's rogues gallery, and the Flash's rogues gallery. Yeah, and uh, even though like Flash Fury has the least well known of the, of those three, they're just that they they work so well together. They're they're just good pals. Yep, um, and they sometimes cross the line from enemy to kind of hero. At least uh, like when it comes to the, the people of their town, and like you know, kind of. They've stood up to, to to evil a few times. Yeah, um, they're just kind of really self motivated. So yes. whatever
2: suits them the best is what they're going to do. They're not straight up evil; they're just in it in it for the rogues. Um,
1: I keep forgetting: is it Central City? Is that Flash's City? Yes. Yes. So they all they've all they all ditch Central City at the start of uh, of this run, but now they are coming back, and this is all about them kind of setting up. Uh, Basically, we don't know set, what they're setting up Well, yet. they're setting up, but basically what the, 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 this issue was all about them getting rid of the Flash, even for one moment, so they bait him to go somewhere else while they head back to Central City. Is it going to be for good? Is it going to be for evil? I don't care. It's going to be fun.
2: Yeah. I miss, because um, I don't necessarily know who all of these rogues are, because these are not the 100% classic rogues. Mm-hmm. Like, is that is that a Mirror Master at the back?
1: Because um, it's
2: not the original Mirror Master, I don't think.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I know And that, then there's there's the
2: new, like, young, funky trickster, there's um, Captain Cold's sister, who I can't remember what her name is now. Golden Glider? Golden Glider, that's right, yep. And then a really scarred-looking dude with... Oh, Heatwave, right, okay. And then who's the dude with the stick? With the glowing stick? Who's that? Oh, Weather weather Wizard. wizard. Oh, that's a different look for Weather Wizard.
1: He looks pretty good, looks battered.
2: Yeah, he looks way cooler. I don't like that.
1: (laughs) Um, Captain Cold still has the best... One of my favourite costumes. I I actually... there is a guy that comes to Free Comic Book Day, or there used to be anyway, who would come in like a really, really accurate Captain Cold costume. Yeah, cosplay. That's probably my favorite cosplay I've ever seen. So I'm I listening right me now. Once. Oh, really? <laughs> really? In, in costume?
2: No, I mean, I might have said yes.
1: <laughs> damn, he's like hearing this right now. Like, oh, damn it. <laughs> now, if you ever want to propose to someone or ask someone out in a comic book shop, make sure you do it in cosplay. So then you get, if, if, if you get... Oh, God, if you,
2: please don't do that. If you get knocked The girls back, at King's it. get enough. And no, no, like, no, all
1: the guys, you can do it, but propose to whoever, whoever you want. But just say, if if they if you get rejected, you can blame it. You can say you were in character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't <laughs> actually you. Yeah. <laughs> It's a free pass, everybody. <laughs> uh, seriously though, don't annoy anybody.
3: Please, yeah, so please. please, please, guys. <laughs> um,
1: another uh, DC comic that I'm really enjoying at the moment uh, is Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, written by uh, Robert Vendetti with art on this one by Ethan Van Sciver. Uh, this is the Green Lantern's book that I wanted. This is just like all the Green Lantern Corps. You you have the big uh, kind of reunion of Hal Jordan, John Stewart. Um, Guy Gardner and Kyle Rayner, yep. all together, um, battling Lurflies, who is someone that you know I, I'm, I don't really give a, a shit about, but he's used quite well in this arc. And uh, you have them teaming up with the Sinestro Corps, mm-hmm. and it looks like that's going to be a thing now.
2: Yeah, corps together or whatever um, they said at the end.
1: But Great. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think this is just this is really really fun.
2: Yeah, this is like just some proper like space space army adventures, which are. Um, Always heaps fun. Yeah, definitely. I really liked the way this wrapped up. I wasn't 100% sure about it. I was like, I don't like the idea of Brainiac being kept, like, being controlled by Lafleeze. But I think this actually wrapped that up in a really clever way um, and makes Lafleeze into, like, a fairly compelling, scary villain. And Especially the way that it ends with them having destroyed his entire collection and let all of his, like, collection go. That's that you know I I hope we don't see him for a little while but I feel like when he comes back he could be scarier than ever
1: so at one point um, Guy Gardner is about to smash one thing in his collection containing a little guy
2: it's sexy Lobo
1: oh that's sexy Lobo yeah
2: that's the that's I can't I never read that comic so I don't actually know what the deal was but that's the other that's the new
1: Lobo I was going to say it's a sexy little guy. Yeah. It's so, so <laughs> a so sexy Lobo. That's funny. So they end up not releasing him. So yeah. I wonder if that's just if that's going to come back at any point or that was just them making a joke about how dumb sexy Lobo <laughs> was.
2: Or how dangerous sexy Lobo is.
1: <laughs> um, so yeah, that's a great book right now, DC putting out. Um, they were my three favorite DC books. Um, I guess then I would talk about Batwoman Begins, which happened in Detective Comics 948, mm-hmm. uh, written by James Tinney and the Fourth, with art by. Um, ben, ben Oliver, Oliver um, Marguerite Bennett co-wrote this one as well, and is she writing the um the Batwoman yeah, series? Yeah, so
2: she'll be writing the Batwoman series with art Steve Epting, I believe.
1: So half of this issue is about her becoming Batwoman,
2: training um, with her training with her pops.
1: Yeah, which is really cool. And the other half is actually actually I quite like this issue. Um, you have uh, basically after all that Batman and the Monster Men um, story ended, all the big monsters are kind of like decaying in the harbor, and um. All the seagulls that like eat the like the the gross remains of the mm. monsters then turn themselves into into disgusting monsters too. So they've got to deal with that. And then there's like a, a cool scientist trying to work on uh, basically stopping these these mon- monsters from ever being made again.
2: Yeah. Is she a character that's shown up before? Dr. Victoria October?
1: No, but I think I read that she's uh, a trans character. Oh, okay. She's a, a new character that, that's been created for, oh, cool. for this. Great. Um,
2: I really like this issue. Who are the, I think col- the art colony? Is excellent. Who are the, the colony? Col- that's the that's the army bros that are um, c- the Batwoman's dad was the head of.
1: Oh right, okay, sure, yeah. okay, cool. Because I was like, oh man, another faction of people that I don't know. No, no, it's <laughs> the same.
2: It's the same guys. They've come. The colony have come to bust bust Batwoman's dad out of um, the Belfry or wherever he's being kept. Yeah, I think that um, art by Ben Oliver is like. I really enjoyed that about this book. That was probably my favorite thing about this issue. Like, I think it was a solid issue anyway. Yeah. Um. But the art's fantastic. The quality. The, why to isn't it. this guy doing more?
1: Yeah. That's
2: good stuff. Put him on detective full time. Yes, please.
1: Uh, over in uh, elsewhere in the Batverse is All Star Batman number six, written by Scott Snyder with art by Jock. There's a backup in the back with uh, Francesca Francavilla on art as well. I prefer that to the main story. Oh yeah. This is a. Uh, I know that I want to. That Scott Snyder's... I think maybe his favorite rogue is uh, is Mister Freeze.
2: And I really, I really love Mister Freeze. And I really like the way that um, Scott Snyder writes him. And I like the working relationship that Jock and Scott Snyder seem to have. I think they work really well together.
1: So this is uh, one of those times where um, it's not actually a comic. It's like a picture book almost. And we're going to re- review another one of those this week too, over at Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, this is much better than the one over at Marvel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have something in my brain. When I see that this is just prose with pictures, I'm like, this isn't a comic book. And I'll have to, like, work myself up to actually read it properly. It's, it it's totally only, is still a comic it's book. Just a ten it's just a 10-second narrated. It's just a narrated, it's a it's just se- a narrated yeah. comic book, you know um, what I mean? Yeah.
3: Uh, it, it, I got
2: confused halfway through. I didn't really understand. And, I like, I think it was supposed to be intentionally, like, there's a bit of a dream sequence and then Batman wakes up and doesn't really know what's going on. But I didn't know what was going on either. Something like Victor Freeze... Let off a disease or something so and is is
1: is resurrecting people that have put themselves in suspended animation or freezing themselves mm-hmm. just like his beloved Nora mm-hmm. um dude years ago um but uh yeah and then then he's he, they're in like are they in like Antarctica or something like that alaska <laughs> america's antarctica um and uh yeah I, I, I he kind of releases a yeah disease in the ice but um Batman has giving himself a virus that can take out the disease.
2: Cool. Okay. There we go. That um, that makes sense. Yeah.
1: So uh, I don't I know like he, Jock. he doesn't quite get an, a win in this. I like Jock too. I, I, yeah. I, 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 I don't, there was something stopping me from enjoying this maybe because it was just so different in tone to how ridiculous the first arc yeah. of this was.
2: Um, I still enjoyed it. Yeah. I probably. I think I enjoyed this more than the first arc. I like. This seems. Kind of reminds me of Scott Snyder's early work on Batman yes, definitely. in a way that I enjoyed much yep. more, and I think like yeah, Jock is Jock is a perfect fit for this for um, this story. Specifically. Yeah, definitely.
1: And Jock was a, was a perfect fit for his detective run too. Mm. And funnily enough, Francesca Francavia was the other artist on that, and here they are in the same book together. Yeah, brilliant. Um, I loved the backup. The backup this. is great. So this is the. Riddler. I didn't realize
2: it was just like a continuation because this is the Cursed Wheel Part Five. So, this is like this just is. a continuation this is like a, of The Lost.
1: Yeah, and, and it's about building Duke Thomas as a bit bigger character. Yeah. We still don't know what his role is.
2: Well, it's just kind it's of, kind of rack like up. Batman's
1: helper, but he's not a Robin, but he's there more than Robin is.
2: Yeah, I'm into it.
1: He's got like four Robins to choose from.
2: And he still likes Duke best because he's <laughs> yellow.
1: I guess one of them is apparently dead. Um, so, this is a, a, the Riddler has like, done a, a crossword, but he, it's in an apartment building with different people holding up letters. And uh, Batman has to guess the crossword or the, the building explodes. Uh, I love this. this. That's such a great, fun, dumb thing that the yeah, Riddler would do. Totally. So I, I really enjoyed this. And it ends with a massive explosion. I assume Duke is going to be okay.
2: we got to assume. And Frank of Air is real good.
1: So yeah, even when this book isn't what I want it to be, because like, I, I I found the first arc really lost itself towards the end. I didn't, mm. I didn't love the way it wrapped itself up. Um, I still enjoy it. Slider, Absolutely. Slider knows what he's doing. He sure does. Um, still in the Batverse, Red Hood and the Outlaws, number six by Scott Lobdell um, with art by Dexter Soy. This is the weird uh, team up of Red Hood, Bizarro, and Artemis. So you have you know a Bat character, a Wonder Woman character, and a Superman character. Every um, re- every time this comes out, I'm like, oh, am I still reading this? And then I read the issue, I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I am. This is fine. <laughs> um, but they've the, the, the first this this whole first arc has been them trying to take out the Black Mask. And uh, they finally deal with him at the end of this, and they're finally a team. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to give this one or two more issues to see where they kind of take this weird, this weird trio. Mm. Um, I really, I love reading it for the interactions between um, Red Hood and Batman, Jason Todd and, and Bruce, um, because I feel like they haven't really dealt with that very well, especially not in the New Fifty Two. And you get some nice human interactions between them. You see a much nicer side to Bruce in their interactions instead of the the like you know the scoffing, do better, dick. Do better Tim, kind of version we see of Batman on the other books. Um, I love the cover this week of this issue, which is um, Bizarro, Red Hood, and Artemis stealing the wheels off the Batmobile, um, which is how Jason Todd was discovered by Batman in the first place. Great. Good stuff. Hilarious. Uh, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. I am going to drop this one. Issue six. This book doesn't do much for me anymore.
2: I quite like it. I think that's fine. I think it's like... I dropped Red Hood on the Outlaws. Some things just don't um, yeah don't resonate with you for some reason. I really enjoy this version of Helena Bertinelli. Um I really think they do a good job of characterizing a. A. Huntress. Yeah, Huntress. Yeah, sorry. Um, I think they do a great job of um, characterizing the three the three buds um, as in Batgirl, Huntress, and Black Canary, and making them distinct and giving them all good personalities. I quite I'm quite invested in this little Oracle arc i think it's quite interesting um it, like it's so annoying that they just are like we trust you immediately on a tentative basis when he's clearly clearly hiding some things um but yeah i think i think this is totally fun and i like the art but it's all right if it doesn't do anything for you. Yeah, it's I think fine. it's just...
1: I, I just find it like...
2: None to female friendships.
1: I, I, I That's what I love the most <laughs> of it. But the, the thing is, they're not friends. They're always <laughs> at each other's throats. And I'm like, I'm just like, it's been... How many issues have we had of this? Like six plus the re- rebirth? Why don't they trust each other yet? They, we? Hug. They, they hug. They hug at the end. That's yeah, nice. Okay. But then it's one of the, that great comic book trait where one of them isn't into the hug. Just for once, guys, can everyone be into a hug?
2: No, as a non-hugger. <laughs> I support that.
1: I'm a hugger, everybody. (laughs) Team Levins. (laughs) Team coin. The $1 coin is a hugger. Um, So yeah, about girl Birds of Prey. uh, Look forward to Siobhan just telling me why I should be reading it instead of reading it. Yeah. Uh, I read New Superman. Me too. I should put this in the enjoyed section, actually. Yeah, this
2: was a great issue.
1: Because I, again, just like uh, Birds of Prey, I, I found the first arc of this was lagging. Mm-hmm. Um, and they wrapped it up and now we kind of they're, they're kind of building the universe within yeah. this it isn't just concentrating on the problems that New Superman has mm-hmm. with his parents we now kind of see the expansion of uh, the other members of the Chinese Justice League um, Justice League of China um, and uh, we delve into the the Academy of the Bat so this Batman was kind of chosen by an academy to represent the academy as Batman in China Yeah, and uh, someone Uh, basically challenges him and so this is about them kind of they have to beat each other um, and they're kind of fighting for the mantle of of the Chinese Batman Um, I really enjoyed that a lot and I look forward to when they expose more of Wonder Woman's story because she's quite a mystery to us at this point
2: yeah absolutely this has a different artist this is Billy Tan Australia's very own Billy Tan Billy Tan Australian I had no
1: idea
2: I think he lives in Melbourne am I wrong? No, so fine. Yeah, there we go. It's true. Excellent. Thanks. Chris. I, I like
1: that uh, when you ask someone in the office. Yeah, I sometimes, sometimes I get a sometimes response. Just, sometimes sometimes you it's don't. just silence. Everyone listening is just like, "Why did she just ask nobody? <laughs> well, why isn't <laughs> Levin's answering her?" Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, I really enjoyed this issue. It also has like I like the sort of it's nice. Um, like I think we get that classic kind of character in superhero comics a lot, who's like. He's arrogant and he has to learn how to be humble and use his powers appropriately. But I think they're doing a good job with Kenan Kong, who's mm-hmm. the um, the Chinese Superman. And I think it's um yeah, I think they're doing a solid job.
1: Also, like the cameo from Lex Luthor. Yes, um, that was funny. Lex
2: Luthor can't speak Mandarin very well. My Mandarin is rotten, <laughs>
1: very very rotten. Please forgive. <laughs> I I enjoyed it a lot. But then when he speaks to. uh Superman, he he's like you speak English, right? And he says yes, and then and then he says like you know I'm a huge fan of yours. If you ever need anything, don't hesitate to get in touch. And He just says yes, and he's like, I um, have no idea uh, what he just yeah. said. <laughs> no idea what that guy just said. Good stuff. It's a good yeah. book. Very clever. I enjoyed. I'm it glad that I didn't well. drop it. Yeah, me too. I hope I don't live to regret dropping Birds of Prey too. Um oh, well. Uh, another Superman book this week was Action Comics number 971. You dropped this, right? Yeah. Dan Jurgens, uh, just doing this long, long, long story. Um, Superman's in space defending Lex Luthor um, from a bunch of guys that know he that, that think he's going to become the next um, uh, not uh, Dark Side. Oh, okay. Um, and so they're kinda, they're trying to kill him before he does that, and he's like Superman's like, no, he's, you can't prove him guilty if he hasn't done anything wrong yet. Um, yeah,
2: such a classic theme in superhero comics at the moment. I know,
1: but this is done. It's, it's way less annoying than Civil War <laughs> too. That's not very hard. Um, the fun part here is that the. Uh, The other Clark Kent. um, Oh, yep. Have we found out anything more about him? No, but he's just discovered the existence of John Kent, Superman, and Lois' son. So that's fun. right. Uh, That's like the biggest mystery. the, The main thing holding me... Yeah, yeah, to yeah, this yeah. comic which can be up and down it's generally pretty good uh, the main thing holding me is discovering out what the heck is going on with that other oh, Clark Kent
2: yeah I still really want to know but not I'll let you know actually
1: I'll let, let everybody
2: know yeah it's the beauty of working a comic book store someone will tell me <laughs>
1: um, do you want to talk about any other DC's books before I talk about Justice League versus Suicide Squad um,
2: yeah I'll get a couple out of the way I also read Deathstroke issue 10 10- I'm so I'm I'm so con- consistently confused by this book. I think I have to drop it and if I'm going to read it I can only read it in trade because um I really I really struggle to follow what's going on. This is really it celebrated jumps- though this book. Yeah, I know. Um I think I'm too dumb maybe. <laughs> um, it jumps forward and back in time is a Siobhan lot. Is someone too dumb? Let is us know. Is too Serious dumb? For Deathstroke. At also, I don't approve of the um, I don't I don't approve of the Jericho redesign. I like mutton chops and puffy shirt and vest Jericho. I am not here for cool Jericho redesign. Um I'd lo- really, really enjoy. I wish I kind of wish it was just a Ravager book. Like I really love the character of Rose, and this is her visiting her mum's family in Cambodia, <laughs> and like learning about herself, learning about her family and her history. And I find that way more compelling than any of the Deathstroke mercenary stuff. Ah, <laughs> um, oh, so that that just made me want to keep reading it. I probably will keep reading it, and just every week <laughs> right. be like, I'm really confused by this. It's so good. Um, I also read Supergirl issue five. So this is um, Supergirl's dad in the form of cyborg superman which is not the traditional cyborg superman i think the main thing about this book is that um in stark comparison to the mariko tamaki supergirl book that we mm-hmm. got um a Being couple of weeks super. ago this this version of supergirl has much less personality yeah like I, I dropped
1: it like i couldn't i just couldn't she's just she's book. just
2: very like I'm a perky alien girl, yeah. <laughs> kind of, kind of deal. Um, and then, so this is by Steve Orlando with art by Brian Ching. Yeah, just not, not a super compelling issue, which made me a little bit sad. Um, I also read issue five of Gotham Academy second semester. Somehow I got lost. <laughs> somehow I got lost in the plot of this one. Like all these comics, apparently. Um, it's
1: Siobhan Dom. Serious issues <laughs> at King's
2: Don't answer that, because we all know it's true. Um, but this could, like if you enjoy <laughs> shut up Jim um, this continues to be exactly what it always is and if you enjoy it that is all to the good and it continues to be the same um, the same level of good that it is and that was a really good review good job me.
1: now we can talk about Justice League versus Suicide Squad <laughs> we last are. week I was like this is how vent should be I like this everything is great like it's dumb but it's fun it's still dumb. It's still fun, but I, yeah, it is trying.
2: I think. I think the main problem with this issue is that we were we were spoiled with Jason Fabok on yeah, art, oh my and God. this week we have. Um, I always feel, I feel bad criticizing artists because they spend so much time. Like it's so it's such an exhausting process. And this guy probably got given
1: the book. He was like, "You've got to hand this in in two weeks." Yeah, and there's
2: like a like lot that. of characters for him to draw, and he does a good enough job, but it's not. He's not quite as. Um, doesn't have the magic of Jason Fabox. so the book the book loses a little bit.
1: Um, so this is basically has uh, different members of Suicide Squad and Justice League teaming up to take down the original Suicide Squad members of the, the original Suicide Squad. There's some enjoyable moments. I like Deadshot just firing uh, as much as he can at at Lobo trying to take him out, and we see mm. this like almost destroyed Lobo, kind of like still stumbling towards them to take out take out Amanda Waller.
2: This comic like. This did make me go Oh, like I had a like oh shit, I didn't realise it was gonna go in that direction. Actual out loud vocal moment when they brought in the eclipso diamond. I did not expect that this was gonna go in an eclipso direction and that's always kinda funny. I'm a bit into it. Eclipso diamond? Uh, Jim, do you have a quick, succinct... relying on Jim. Jim knows everything.
1: (laughs) All right, we're going to give Jim from King's Comics the microphone for 25 seconds. Tell us, Jim, what's the Eclipso Diamond? Big purple diamond feeds
3: on negative energy, makes you do evil things.
2: Nailed it.
1: Nailed it, everybody. Solid. There
2: you go. Mic drop.
1: Is Jim too smart for this? <laughs> Serious issues at kingscomics.com. That. <laughs> uh, so yeah, look. So like, now
2: Maxwell Lord has like is his, like Eclipso basically, and now he has the league, and they all have half Eclipso faces, and that's kind of hilarious. Yeah. Uh, that 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 like final two pages make me go like, oh, <laughs> I'm on board <laughs> for some reason. Yeah,
1: uh, this is still dumb and fun. Um, Absolutely. Did you read the, the Suicide Squad issue that kind of tied into this? Oh no, I didn't. In this issue, which was is written by uh, Rob Williams and Sai Um we oh um, I
2: like Sai Spurrier. Yeah. He's writing Hookjaw
1: He is. Um, we and also very very different art for this book uh, by Riley Rosmo.
2: Mm. Um How did I not read this? Yeah, I love Riley Rosmo. Uh, so idiot. this is
1: this basically kind of tells us of how the, the, the 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 first Suicide Squad's big mission where everything went wrong, and basically you have uh, them kind of taking down. These bad guys that have this big thing that can allow them c- to control whatever they want, and instead of bringing it back to Amanda Waller, they decide, "Hey, why don't we just use this to get what we want?" And um, so Lobo takes them all out, inc- nice. including the leader Rustam, and that's how they kind of uh, were um, captured, and that's how Maxwell Lord can find them, etc. Right. Yeah, it was it was fun, fun yeah. little little side bit. This has been a like, mostly enjoyable, like dumb event. Yeah, totally. I like that I, I'm like, getting myself out of jail by saying it's dumb, but I still really <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> you uh, like dumb things. So a, those are our DC dumb. books for the week. Yeah. Um, a lot of DC books for the week, but even more Marvel books coming yeah. up right Ooh, now. Big Marvel week. Let's talk about my favorite book, and we always talk about it as our favorite, The Mighty Thor, issue fourteen, fifteen. 15, sorry, by Jason Aaron and Russell Dorderman. Um, look, this is just, it's the best Marvel book, I think, um, overall. Would you agree, Siobhan?
2: I don't know. I, I would need to have them all laid out in front of me at once so I could make that kind of decision. It's definitely a very good Marvel book, and it is consistently very excellent.
1: I think, you know, I mean, we, our Serious Issues Awards for last year awarded it to uh, The Vision, but that was its own thing. This is an ongoing thing that ties into the rest of the universe. Yeah, and, uh, you know, has been going for almost fifty issues now since he t- since he took over with Thor: God of Thunder. Um, and Jason Aaron is very great at referencing things that happened, um, mostly in, in his own book. So we see um, people that we've seen in original Sin and his Wolverine and the X Men run show up in in Thor. But I also realized, like you know, he references Fear itself, that big event that Matt mm-hmm. Fraction wrote in in this um, story. But more than anything. He is the one writer that continues to reference Jason... Sorry, uh, 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 what's his name? Jonathan Hick- Hickman's, Jonathan Hickman's uh, Avengers run. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: and uh, so in this we see, like, Gladiator and the Shi'ar, um, which includes Smasher, which is a character mm-hmm. introduced by Jonathan Hickman, uh, basically flying into attacking um, Asgard and uh, taking, de- taking out Heimdall. Um, yeah. Which was brutal. Um,
2: and so good. So we don't understand why the Shi'ar are attacking Asgard yet. But they they smashed the crap out of Heimdall. Well,
1: they, they, they were attacking Asgard to get Thor.
2: Oh right, yes.
1: That so, Thor was their one target, so we don't know why why they've taken her, but they have, and we'll find out next issue. Um, I loved I love Gladiator as a character. Mm-hmm. He's the leader of the Shiar. Um, Hickman wrote a really great version of him both in uh, his Fantastic Four run and in his Avengers run, and uh, I forgot that. Jason Aaron's connection to the character is that he wrote Kid Gladiator yes. in the Wolverine and the X-Men run oh um, yeah and so Kid Gladiator and uh, his like kind of babysitter show up in, in this in this issue too um, I really love everything about this issue Um yeah. you know we we got two issues drawn by Steve Epting um, in the last month but it was so good to see Russell Dorderman back on this
2: book it really is he's so great at um like the, the book opens with um, Jane Foster as Jane Foster um, sort of cancer bedridden version of jane foster having a sort of confrontation with um odin's brother Cull about how you know she's missing too many days on the senate because she's got cancer and if she doesn't have a cancer cleared up by the end of the week then she has to leave asgard um <laughs>
3: which is is, insane,
0: mental,
2: Um, but excellent. And he is just as good at those quiet scenes of sort of conversation and confrontation and getting the kind of emotion and tension right as he is at um, the big, crazy space, you know, rainbow bridge action scenes, which is great. Also Heimdall uses the phrase, eat rainbow bridge, which I was very into. Uh,
1: Yeah, so this is one of my... All-time favourite comics that we get to talk about each each month, um, alongside another Jason Aaron book, which we'll talk about later in the episode, called yeah. Southern Bastards. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about the other Marvel books that we liked and did not like. Uh, and I really liked issue two of Rocket Raccoon this week.
2: How surprisingly good is Rocket Raccoon? I mean,
1: it's written by Matt Rosenberg, who is someone that we... He, he, did Four Kids Walk Into a Bank, and he did also the Kingpin Civil War oh, 2 tie right, series. Check, check. He's a relatively new writer, especially to the superhero comics, um, and he's also writing the Kingpin comic when it comes back mm-hmm. to uh, Marvel. Um, I really like him. Um, mm-hmm. I love the very scratchy art by Jorge um, Coelho. Um, and uh, I just love the this fun of hilarious... Like, like, Rocket Raccoon is funny again, everybody. Yeah,
2: he is, like, funny and, like, he has that kind of sad poignancy that the character sometimes has but like genuinely funny genuinely like scary genuinely all the things that he like all the potential that that character has is in this book i yeah. think
1: so he's not he's not actually a raccoon he's a space creature that looks like a raccoon so when um, people
2: go like you're a raccoon he gets really mad
1: really upset it's a it's endless uh, source of hijinks um, but one of the worst things that bendis did to rocket raccoon which is making him this like murderous savage which is not what he was before mm. um he took over but i like that rosenberg doesn't completely revert back to how rocket was he still makes rocket raccoons kind of catchphrase blam murdered you yeah but it's done a lot better than back then this was just like he would just have rocket raccoon walk into a room and just say murdered you murdered you murdered you as he just Mm. shoots everybody but in this he kind of like he's like oh maybe i shouldn't be killing these people and he still does and but he pulls humor from it it's way more enjoyable um, I don't know where this series is going to go. I like that he's kind of introducing one Marvel character at a time uh, yeah. to this story. So we had uh, the Human Torch in issue one, and this time we get Miles Morales, Spider-Man, show up, and there's, and some there's just like, great this... banter between them. Yeah,
2: and there's really funny like. They're managing to mine so much humor from Rock Raccoon not understanding Earth, which yes. is like something that you wouldn't think there would be any jokes left in. But even stuff like him thinking Spider Man is Spider Man's real name and stuff like that is just really cute and funny, and I, I enjoyed a lot.
1: Yep. And the next issue is all about Rock a Raccoon versus Craven the Hunter.
2: Which I like, that was an awesome last page reveal. Yep. I was so into that. Craven is the best. And
1: the, uh, the cover for the next issue is fantastic, too.
2: Oh, yeah. So
1: orange. Orange is a great colour for comic books to be. It sure is. Um, You know what book had probably my favourite cover of the week this week, Siobhan?
2: I'm guessing... Oh, it's the one that's in front of your hand. Yeah,
1: Great Lakes Adventures, (laughs) uh, issue number four, um, written by Zach Gorman with art by Jacob Chabot. Um, uh, This is probably my least favourite issue um, of of this run so far. I still enjoyed it, but it wasn't that funny. But the front cover is... um, this uh, flat man like basically it's just his big close up of, of his face saying shush I've disguised myself as a copy of Gre- the Great Lakes Avengers comic book don't tell anyone I thought that was real cute
2: yeah that was funny um, I still yeah like I mean this maybe wasn't the strongest but it probably pushed the plot forward yeah Um, in a in a like in the best kind of way. There's there's some funny there's some funny little bits. Like I like that the lawyer for the Great Lakes Avengers like exclusively dates superheroes and is having a really <laughs> tough time finding superheroes. Mm. And then she discovers that her. Um, well she doesn't discover but we see that her assistant is dating Gambit. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and is, like a funny little text conversation between her and Gambit. He showed up
1: in another Marvel book I read this week too. Yeah, yeah, there was, yeah, a, was funny a funny
2: too. surprise Gambit somewhere else. I can't well, remember. We'll where. get to that, I'm sure. I love Surprise Gambit. <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely. Um yeah, I don't this isn't a book that I necessarily need to push the plot because it's just I just it just reminds me of like Justice League International, just a it's bunch very of, Justice
2: League International. A vibe. bunch
1: of dumb characters. I, I got they got a lot of year when they were trying to act casual when they're uh, yep. act normal when their lawyer showed up. Um, it's a really fun book and I, 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 it bums me out that it's not that it's not selling well it's quite, quite low oh really
2: numbers. that's depressing yeah. you guys should be reading this comedy books are so good and they've introduced some really fun new characters into this if you liked um, this actually reminded me a little bit it's probably more on the humor side but that really early X Factor stuff Katie um, mm-hmm. Davis X Factor this has kind of
1: like before they were a detective agency or when they became yeah. a detective agency oh, right.
2: Like I so read a couple of I read a couple of really early X Factor issues, like nineties X Factor. Um.
1: So was that when they started? What was their like? What what are they set out to do? They were just superheroes. Just
2: superheroes. But they had like a, a sort of manager, right? Kind of character. Okay, cool. Um, and they're really good. It made me want to read all of the X Factor run. David I really need to do great. that. Pink David is excellent. Um, but yeah, I really I really enjoy this comic. Me Perhaps too. You should be reading it.
1: He should be everybody. I
2: like Good Boy. I like that character. Yes, definitely. Mostly because it meant I had to describe what a first owner was to my little <laughs> sister and my boyfriend, and so they were both bit. like upset by it.
1: Um, I really enjoyed this week, issue 19 of Uncanny Avengers, yes. written by Jerry Duggan, um, with art by um, Pepi Laraz, um, with
2: Rodrigo Zayas. All oh, right, cool. Oh, to
1: him. Now oh, there you go. Thanks for reading the full credits. Uh, so this the plot now is. Um, like something that, that that Rick Remender introduced, which is uh, the Red. Oh, I don't know, it actually, it was before that, was it? No, yeah, it was in uh, it was in uh, Uncanny Avengers where um, the Red Skull steals Charles Xavier's brain and now has it in his head.
2: What was that event? What was that terrible event when that happened? Where it was like ADX, uh,
1: Axis. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was in the middle of it.
2: Yeah, oh, I don't yeah, yeah.
1: remember. But Whatever. It was the first issue of Uncanny Avengers, which was actually a pretty good run mm. when it started. I really liked that run. Um, but uh, yeah, so we we have Red Skull now. Um, who is not only can control Captain America, um, mm. but he also has uh, Xavier's brain, so he can control all mutants. And uh, you, it's basically Deadpool versus the Uncanny Avengers, um, trying to free them from uh, from Red Skull. It's just like really fun. So much happens in this comic, but yeah. it never feels like confusing. Um, yep. it's really easy to follow. It's and uh,
2: good cable and, moments.
1: Definitely great, oh, incredible cable moments. I, 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 don't, I don't know what they're going to do with him now. Yeah, I know. He's like reset himself. Um, and it ends with a team up between Deadpool, Spider Man, and Wong. Yeah. Which was great. I love like Deadpool basically goes to Doctor Strange's house to find Doctor Strange, and Doctor Strange isn't there. And then he's like, Well, what are you doing to Wong? <laughs> <laughs> so Wong picks up a machine gun and, and an umbrella. Uh, and, an umbrella. <laughs> and off he goes. Uh, yeah, so this is just a great series. I, yeah. I think, yeah. And, this uh, is probably
2: it, the most solid Avengers book.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I I have my hopes for USA Avengers. I know you don't. I don't. (laughs) Siobhan hates America, everybody. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Another great book this week, The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, celebrated its 25th anniversary um, of when the character was created. And so Ryan North uh, teamed up with Will Murray, who was the creator of Squirrel Girl, wrote the first uh, appearance of Squirrel Girl in um, an old Marvel book, which was called... um, Marvel Super Heroes Winter Special which featured stories with the X-Men and Iron Man and Namor and Drax and Gamora and a brand new character called Squirrel Girl. So uh this kind of tells us the origin of Squirrel Girl um kind of aco- half according to Ryan North and then uh the middle of this is written by Will Murray and um Ryan North mm. does his like little text down the bottom of each page during that story.
2: Uh oh, they like this is one of those books that's still will make me laugh out loud from the little text. The little text by yeah. bits by Ryan. This one was mostly so sweet, but we yeah. also
1: did Jughead this week, and I had three, like, stop what I'm doing, laughing oh, so I much. I
2: missed Jughead. You didn't
1: read Jughead? What's wrong with it? It wasn't on you? the shelf. I
2: missed it goes, on the, the coffee. Kings
1: don't order enough Jughead, and it always goes real oh, fast. Oh,
2: I'm depressed.
1: <laughs> Is Jim too dumb for this? <laughs> <laughs> Serious issues at kingscomic.com. Um the, Hulk,
2: uh, the bits with Hulk really made me laugh in this issue.
1: Definitely. And that was all written by Will Murray. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um. So uh, still a very competent and funny writer. Um, yeah. This is just a great series. And this is a, a celebration of what they've kind of grown <laughs> Squirrel Girl into. It must have been great for Will, Will Murray to go back and revisit this character. Yeah, absolutely. But with the pathos that she has now because mm-hmm. of what Erica Henderson and Ryan North have have done with her since they took over Erica the character. Erica Henderson
2: is so good, man. Oh man,
1: it's so good. Um she draws the entire comic um save for one panel which is uh using art by Steve Ditko who who wrote who drew the original Squirrel Girl story. Yeah. So when she kind of it has her drawing herself as a superhero and it's a Steve Ditko drawing. Pretty cool. Really great. Also I wish I was that good of a drawer when I was like ten years old.
2: Yeah, I know, right? Sounds exactly <laughs> like what you're now.
1: <laughs> uh, I love this comic. Um it's a joy to read each time.
2: Absolutely, it really is. Um
1: I also love that they flash forward at the end and uh, Squirrel Girl is leading the Avengers. So I actually hope that happens.
2: <laughs> yeah, I love I love a good like flash forward to like a potential future because 'Cause you're like, I wonder if I wonder if they will really bother to like make that happen.
1: Uh earlier we mentioned that um uh, what's his name? Um, throws cards, Monsieur Gambit. Gambit uh, shows up at the end oh, of the yeah. book, That's and it was all new Wolverine, at. number sixteen. And this is just like it's not—it's never my favorite book of the week, but it's you know it's written I by Tom really Taylor. Really enjoy it, and with art by um, Nick Varela It's always just really solid. Yeah, you know he had a difficult task. X twenty three isn't necessarily a beloved character by everyone. Um, I, I have time for her due to other books that I've read I loved her yep. in Avengers Arena and stuff like that.
2: I love the, um, like, um, I think they've done a great, I think Tom Taylor's done a great job of building up her kind of world and her network, like the introduction of her sort of kind of clone sister, Gabby, I really, really like. I think that's a great foil for the character. It's almost like Wolverine teaming up with, you know, Jubilee.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, but, um, so yeah, but basically this is all about her trigger scent being, being brought back and mm-hmm. she's kind of being used as a weapon again. Um, but who should show up to uh I'm not sure if he, if he's if he's there to assist or, or to fight her. Gambit.
2: I think um, he's at to I think he's at a fighter. Fun. From the way he shoots a card straight at her face and explodes the whole but level
1: of it is Is he building. fighting her for good reasons or bad reasons, Siobhan?
2: Just for sexy reasons. <laughs>
1: That's the only reason he does anything. Uh, good issue. Great yeah, issue. Really solid issue. Really uh, also, still enjoying this. Also war. good Power Man and Iron Fist uh, by um uh, uh, David F. Walker and Sanford Green. Um, obviously, Sanford Green always does an incredible job. And uh, David Walker is writing two books for Marvel at the moment, Power Man and Iron Fist and Occupy Avengers. Uh, Power Man and Iron Fist will always have a, a very, very warm place in my heart. It's yeah. always a really solid comic. Uh, they're balancing a lot of characters right now, which yeah. probably my only criticism of this is that sometimes you can get lost in, like, what is that again? Um, especially, it's like lots of street-level thugs that yeah. kind of used to all be in a team together, and they are all gone separate ways. But uh, I thought this this was a nice payoff in this issue. Yeah, um, I love Tombstone, and uh, and David Walker writes a great Tombstone.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I really like um the reintroduction of Alex Wilder, who was the sort of Runaways character turned turned bad. Yep. Um, and he's like a very good villain for this series, and I like I like where it's going.
1: So look, David Walker is one of I think the better writers that that Marvel have at the moment. Yeah. They announced this week that um, Brian Bendis, one of the not better writers, (laughs) certainly one of the bigger writers Marvel have at the moment, uh, is doing a Defenders comic um, before the TV show Defenders starts, um, which features Power Man, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, and Daredevil teaming up. Yeah. If that results in the death of Power Man and Iron Fist by Kevin Walker, sorry, by um, David Walker, I'll be pissed off. Because this is a comic that, I mean you know it has lasted quite a while it's 12 issues deep now it looks like you know we're at least going to see the end of this arc Um, it's going to go well into its teens at the very least but um, it's a really really unique and rare book and it would be a real shame to not have this each month
2: I reckon I reckon I'm going to be the voice of doom and gloom and I reckon this will get cancelled because of that series Um, I hope not but I feel like it will and I mean like I mean Bendis uh, Bendis loves these characters and has written them well in the past so maybe it'll be okay
1: yeah I just, I, I would love if he announced that he's only going to write that book. I want him to yeah. just, do, I wanted to do less. I feel like he's maybe part of the reason I'm, I'm not satisfied by his books.
2: He's uh, stretched I, pretty thin these days. Yeah,
1: you know, what? we're talking about him right now. I was gonna, t- I was gonna go from uh, this book to uh, David Walker's other book, *Occupied Avengers*. But let's talk about Bendis for All a right, moment. Alright, let's do it. Uh, so when did the Jessica Jones run started? Um, This is the the revisit to the character after the Alias series um, that Brian Bendis wrote with Michael Gaydos. The two of them are teaming up for the sequel, um, a new series, uh, which is kind of a mixture of what the series was when it was Alias, also Mm -hmm. mixed with what Marvel Universe is now. So basically Mm -hmm. it's like a a Marvel book, except they say shit sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Bendis tricked us. Yeah. We predicted that he might. Um, Yeah. But it was the way it was. So basically... um, you know the, the the relationship that he started between Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, is one of the best things Bendis has done at Marvel. I think uh, they have a, they have a family together, and they're just like a really great. They were just
2: like they were just a solid loving couple for many years.
1: And uh, it looks like he was breaking them up, um, and Jessica Jones was acting out of character. Luke Cage is angry at the fact and kind of access to his child. I was like, oh my god, are they actually like? Is he just for the sake of you know writing an interesting return to the Alias series? Is he breaking up this fantastic relationship that he started? And look, spoiler here, but it turns out like, you know, Luke Cage doesn't know it yet, but Jessica Jones basically is letting herself look like a broken person so that she can infiltrate some uh some criminals for um Captain Marvel. Uh, yeah,
2: there is a bunch of stuff that annoyed me about that. I feel like, "A, that's like that's a story that's been done a number of times, and I think it's a stupid cop out." And I think that just the concept of like Jessica Jones wouldn't tell Luke like, that annoys me because he is also a superhero and would surely be like, oh, okay, I understand. And I get that they're like, no, no one can know. But fuck it, two people know. Why is it going to change things if, like, you're just like, hey, by the way, just so you're not too concerned about our daughter.
0: And also, yeah.
2: if Jessica Jones was the person who went to prison, why would she get custody when she gets out? <laughs> That's a like, <laughs> no, What's going on? What's, going on? what's going on with child services? Mom has. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Either way. Yeah. I, I am... I don't. I think I've 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 ignored whether the fact this is even a good story or not. I'm just glad that he hasn't like actually ruined their relationship yet.
2: Yeah, and I really I really disliked the bit where Misty is like, um, she's just broken. She was always broken. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. Like I think I was just lazy and boring. Well, and- that's
1: that was, one of the worst things Bendis does is make another character look good by ruining another. Yeah. Um, and that's what he does here. He makes Misty and Knight look like an awful person. Yeah. Um, to make. To kind of make you appreciate Luke Cage's love for for uh, Jessica Jones more, and you don't need to do that. We already know they love each other. I know,
2: and I don't like this version of Jessica. Like, she does seem kind of useless and awful.
1: I mean, she's trying to. I know, but like, even in the bits
2: where she's not, she's not that character. She's she's
1: returned to what she was like in Alias, yeah, because that's the character of Jessica Jones that we've seen in the series. Who knows what it's going to be like in Defenders? It's all a bit weird when uh, when properties get turned into television and then they turn it try and mirror that.
2: I hate that yeah. um i really like the art by michael gatos though
1: yeah um yeah I mean, he's doing great stuff I mean, great s- colors same thing like I, I love the art that alex Malieve is doing for infamous iron man but yeah i, I do not give a shit about it <laughs> <laughs> colors um, by matt
2: hollingsworth very very nice
1: that's right um another Bendis book that came out this week uh that i was told to read was guardians of the galaxy number 16 uh written by brian Bendis with art by uh, valerio shitty um I hope it, that's probably not how you pronounce it. No, their I think it might name. be Skitty. Skitty. Okay, cool. Um, because uh, her last name, his last name? Yeah. Their, I think their it's. last name could, could describe my feelings towards um, Guardians of the Galaxy by Brian Bendis. This has been quite shitty. But uh, <laughs> thanks, everybody. At uh, LevDog, if you want to follow me on Twitter for with, wit like that all the time. But uh, I was told to read this because it was Bendis doing something he's not done before, which is write a a story about Groot being grounded on Earth, but that he's written in a Dr. Seuss picture book st- style. So I was like, oh, cool, I'll give it a, tr- a shot. Um, of course, you'll know that Dr. Seuss books is all in rhyme. Mm-hmm. And so this is a book written by Benis that rhymes from start to finish. Um, and I, I tried to get into it and I thought it was admirable what he was trying to do. The story is, you know, saccharine sweet, but that's fine. It kind of suits the, the, the kind of the story he's trying to tell. Um, but I thought the rhyme in this was so forced and i compare it to you know when sometimes someone writes in dc like we like will write etragon into it Yeah. and or etragon everything he speaks is in rhyme and sometimes you are just like that doesn't work there's yeah. too many syllables in that in that word and there's there's frequently i, and I don't want to give an example i don't want to steal on this book completely but there's just so many examples of too many syllables in this in in these sentences or to like make, <laughs> like it it <laughs> takes too long for it to rhyme
2: making up words or using like well, that's a alien Dr. words thing. yeah but like it, like, Bendis is no Dr. Seuss. And also, yep. this is way too wordy. Like, there is too much. Like, if you're going to do it picture book style and have it be like this cutesy little rhyme, there needs to be way less text on each page. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, because that took me way too long to read. And I am, yeah. as previously discussed, I have a heart of ice. And so I hated, <laughs> I hated how sweet this was. I thought it was like, ugh. Blah, 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 blah. Disgusting. Yeah. yeah okay. Sorry. Sure.
1: <laughs> um, for you don't have to be a detective with a selective objective to see that the, co- the collective is effective and protective, not to mention reflective. Look past the noise and past all the loud. Look to your world and be amazed and be proud. Groot knew he was stuck here for now because that is what it is. But for every pain in the snark flood, there are a billion more with pop and fizz. Like, oh, that doesn't work. <laughs> also, it was really hard to read this in parts because he, there's like white text, o- over, white like a text white over white background. What's going on there? Yeah. Also, I think Bendis is in this book. Is that Bendis? It looks like. It looks like it's a ball guy.
2: Yeah, is that? It's, and that looks like could be a Matt Fraction, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Is that what it looks
1: like. I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Hey, we gave it a chance, yeah, guys. Yeah, look, I gave it a
2: gave it a red hot go. I
1: can't wait for him to not be on this book anymore. <laughs> I like the Guardians, guys. You don't? I would love to. I would love for you to read a, a Guardians book that you enjoyed. Me too. Um, Occupy Avengers, the other David Walker book that we read this week, uh, number, issue number three, which is a team up between Hawkeye. And Red Wolf, um, and in this book, we're immediately uh, thrown into a situation in which Nighthawk...
2: Yay, Nighthawk! Uh,
1: ...which David Walker wrote a six-issue miniseries of last week that we, that we loved. Nighthawk is uh, is beating the shit out of Hawkeye, um, so it's Hawk v. Hawk. Um, also, uh, Hawkeye's costume is like a purple beanie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> with, just, a big, with a big H on it. This is dumb. That's casual. Um, it's casual. It's uh, casual Friday.
1: So... I um I, what I think one of the one of the surprisingly strongest things about um, Power Man and Iron Fist is uh, the way David Walker writes the like you know do gooder white dude Iron Fist yeah. really well and you can describe Hawkeye in the same way he's a do gooder left left facing yeah uh, left leaning um, white dude but I find his the way he writes Hawkeye really annoying oh yeah maybe that's maybe that's intentional I don't know um,
2: I think Hawkeye I think. We all got slightly used to Hawkeye being, like, a little bit, like, rough and tumble and cute and charming from Matt Fraction's run. But Hawkeye is traditionally very irritating as a character. Yep. Um, I really like this book. I think it's, like, so much better than the title (laughs) (laughs) would indicate um, it is. This, like, involves life model decoys. I love – I can't think of what her name is, but I love Nighthawk's assistant or, like, sidekick character. I love Nighthawk. I like the – relationship between Nighthawk and Hawkeye. I think that's really fun. I like how Nighthawk's just like, I don't like you. Yeah. Leave me alone. I, th- I, th- I really like I th- the I've way re- he's writing Red Wolf.
1: I've been reading through all of the um Supreme Power and Squadron Supreme Books from oh, yeah. from the thousands, they're so good. Have you read them ever? No, they're very fun. They're a bit edgy for edgy's sake, but Nighthawk in particular is so good in them, and it, it's cool to see how he's progressed as a character. Um, David Walker definitely has the best grasp on him as someone that isn't as malicious as mm-hmm. uh, as, as he was originally written. But uh, yeah, he it, I think he's going to be a member of the this this you know Hawkeye's weird Occupy Avengers team from now now on. Um, and uh, which I'm
2: really I'm really I'm just glad to see Nighthawk in another book, I'm glad that David Walker's been able to use him in a different book since Nowhawk got cancelled because that sucked.
1: Definitely, um, sucked so yeah. when it got cancelled. Yeah, this is a a book that I, I think, I hope they let it just kind of pan out for a while because it'll be yeah. fun seeing them put you know expand on this crew more and more. Yep, and, I like uh, it. Who would you like to see in this team?
2: Who else is a bit like Fringe, Fringe and Lefty? Do DC. Um, Marvel crossover and stick Green Arrow in
1: there. <laughs> but like old 70s era Green Arrow. Cool. All right. Hopefully that'll happen in issue four. <laughs> uh, okay. And now to the books I enjoyed less than that. Um, uh, actually, this I, don't, I didn't not enjoy it, but um, Robbie Thompson and, uh, he, and uh, Javier Rodriguez on Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme. I mean, Javier Rodriguez is doing some of the best work of his of his career on this book. Yeah. But I just I, I, the story hasn't grabbed me yet. I, I don't dislike it. I don't love it. I just read it. I so. really
2: like I really like bad guy Newton. Yes. I think that's fun.
1: Isaac Newton is a bad guy in this book um, and a sorcerer.
2: But it is slightly confusing because there's a lot of magical characters in this um, and it's a lot It's a lot to balance.
1: We are learning more about each character, each issue, um, but uh, as a story, it hasn't quite grabbed me yet. I'm still going to stick with it.
2: Absolutely. Same.
1: Um, I am going to drop Poe Dameron, the Star Wars comic by Charles Sewell and Phil Noto. Oh, yeah? Phil Noto's great art on this. I just, um, I just can't be bothered.
2: I understand that. I'm out. This is all involving like um, this kind of bad guy character called Terex, which has been who's been the main um, the main antagonist throughout the entire Podammer yep, series. Um, so it is getting a little bit like I, I'm I'm kind of invested. I think I'll read a couple more issues, right. see how this I'm wraps out. up. I
1: dropped a few things this week. Ooh, how I'm proud exciting. of myself. Um, I, I I went over and read the new Ms. Marvel book, and this is uh, the first mm. of two books this week uh, that was uh, all about video games and you kind of saw them playing the video games as their characters in this. They also did it in Jughead, which oh. we'll talk about later. Um, I don't like it when they do that in, in comic books. I never think it's as cool as the writers think it is. <laughs> um, it does allow the artist to kind of flex their kind of more fantasy or, you know, video game kind mm. of muscles. But uh, this was Miss Marvel. Um, basically, someone, as she's logging out of World of Warcraft, someone lets on that she that they know who she is. Oh, And so she goes... Uh, to the she tracks the IP address of that that character and goes to try and track down you know and find out how much this person knows about her. Hmm. Um, a cool little tale. After yeah. after reading all these like dumb Civil War two tie ins for Ms Marvel, um, it's good to read something that's a bit smaller in scope.
2: Yeah, I fell off the book. Um, I think during the Civil War stuff, so I might have to I might have to pick it back up.
1: Yeah, definitely pick this one back up if you want to revisit this series. Um, Magic bullets by Doctor Strange and the Punisher, which is the. Um, uh, like the the weird team up that was a digital first and now is being collected um this is again another really stupid comic that has just enough to uh kind of keep me in it uh in it basically like it's it 's the team up of dr Strange and um the, the Punisher goes to Dr Strange to help him take down some um crime under, underworld people that have gotten access to magic powers and uh they go to another dimension to fight them and it 's real stupid, but then they come back to earth and um because Steven Strange is so underpowered now. Um, due to what's going on in the Jason Aaron and Chris Picello, Um Doctor Strange run he's kind of looking for artifacts all the time and underneath a bridge in this issue they find the ghost plane of the Phantom Eagle oh, which cool. is an old Marvel character and I was like I was like reading and I'm like this book is kind of stupid maybe I'm going yeah. to read the next <laughs> issue but the, 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 the front cover of the next one is is the Punisher um, in the back of uh, of the Phantom Evil's plane, which is being flown by Doctor Strange with an enormous golden gun shooting at demons?
2: So it became stupid enough for you to yeah go full circle yeah, it's right. yeah it, it went full stupid. I didn't. I sort of didn't really love this book because it was. It was a very sassy Punisher. Yeah, he's and still like, way too sassy. I like strong, Quiet. silent Punisher. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's, it's dumb. dumb it's fun.
1: Any- I'm still going to read it. It's only nice. two more issues. So speaking
2: of extremely dumb, man. I'm I'm excited for this Jeremy Lin crossover into like the totally awesome Hulk is a solid comic I promise you this but this little two issue mini arc featuring um, prominent Asian NBA star Jeremy Lin and also Mario Lopez <laughs> shows up at the end hilariously not my favorite Brooke Brooke is my favorite Lopez brother um, this just kind of is a bit pointless in terms of the ongoing arc of the character I like. It's all sort of Amadeus is having trouble with his sister, Maddie, who doesn't want him involved in what they're doing anymore because he just ruins everything as Hulk because he's irresponsible. And so this kind of deals with that, but um, it's all a bit hampered by this kind of boring, annoying, weird teamwork, um, (laughs) basketball-based Jeremy Lin story.
1: Would you say that the the decision to include him in the story was Lin-sane?
2: (laughs) (laughs) That was was Lin-sanity. Yeah. so I'm I'm still I'm still on both totally awesome Hulk. Um, is it over? Is the arc over? I think is it, it is. Still going.
1: Is he just going to be like a character forever now?
2: No. So the next the next issue is a team up of like all the prominent Asian American um, characters in the Marvel Universe. So it's Silk, um, Ms. Marvel, and Shang Chi, oh. and Totally Awesome Hulk. I love Shang Chi. Yeah, heaps good. So I'm really keen. I'm really keen to read that. And to be done with this weird one of the like, best I love basketball, I love basketball, and I love comics. You'd think that the two things crossed over would be my favorite, but no. Um,
1: one of the best things about the new Avengers run that kind of spun out of uh Jason uh, Jonathan Hickman's run that Nick Spencer wrote, yeah. Um, that we're, we're kind of seeing, you know, with um USA Avengers and um and and new Avengers before it, we're seeing like there's small amounts of, of of those things coming through. What was it called? Seek, it was something, something Avengers, Avengers World is what it was called. That's right.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah.
1: but we, you know, we see all the sunspot and um and Cannonball stuff in, in the new Avengers and USA Avengers now but the best one of the best things about Avengers World was all the Shang-Chi stuff yeah totally and he's been kind of mostly missing from Marvel books lately so yeah. if, he, if he's part of Totally Awesome Hulk from now on I'll start reading it again
2: it's totally awesome
1: <laughs> um, Captain America number 9 uh, The Trial of Maria Hill
2: if you like talking yeah it's a comic book for you a
1: wordy book um, Nick Spencer uh, doesn't write women very well, usually, anyway.
2: I'm so glad that you've caught yeah, uh, on you to my thing I pushed that really hard.
1: Was, yeah, but this one, really, I'm like, man, I hate his Maria Hill so much. Yeah, this,
2: like, he makes Maria Hill unappealing in the extreme, to the point where I almost kind of enjoy the way he writes her because she's such a morally complicated and compromised character. Like, she really believes that she's doing the things that are right, even though a lot of the time she really fucks up. Um, and this... You know, like, she she is her own defense um, in this comic, defending against the sort of charges against her um, in terms of, like, Pleasant Hill and all the other insane stuff that she's done. And she basically uses it as an opportunity to do some kind of weird blackmail, as in, like, I've figured out this thing that will save the Earth forever, but if you put me into jail, it's never going to happen. So it's, like, it's pretty dumb. And the way that he writes her is very, like, sassy and offhand and a bit, like... I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know how to explain it. Like, she's not, she doesn't come across like a real human. Um, but I sort of enjoy it.
1: But there's no good guy in this series. Like, so Maria Hill's, like, you know, yeah. one of the main focal points of this. I guess Shannon, Sharon, Sharon, Carter? Sharon Carter is the good guy in this series. But yeah, Captain America is a Hydra agent, and so is, uh, the scientist guy. Yep. And Maria Sol Hill Luke. is evil. And I don't know. I, this was, uh, this story, this, this, uh, this series isn't. As good as it was when it started. I um, remember when they kind of like, uh, It was all that controversy over issue one, but he kind of gave it so much more weight after that. But now it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of lost its way in a bit. And the fact that this is going to basically build into Marvel's next massive event, the Hydra, what's it called? Secret Empire or whatever it is, doesn't whatever. give me good faith that even this book isn't that good anymore.
2: Yeah. Maybe it's
1: slow <laughs> Maybe it's slow moving because it is building towards that event and all the actual meat is going to happen there.
2: Yeah, but. I sort of feel like that's what's happening and, like, I'm very critical of Nick Spencer, but I still, I think he does, I think he has really interesting ideas. Like, I think the Pleasant Hill was such an interesting idea. It was and a I good wish, event. I wish he'd gotten yeah. more time and space to expand on that. And so I'm sort of, I, and I don't hate the Hydro Cap thing. I think it's, like, clever i think it's an interesting take on the character i think that it's um i like that it's playing out over a long period of time i would be annoying if it was one of those ones that was just over and done in six issues so i'm interested to see where this goes how what the event is mm. um so I'm, I'm sticking with it but that was a bit of an off issue
1: um finally from marvel in humans versus x-men number two uh jeff lemire charles sewell Linil Yu doing art on this one so I thought I thought um, travel. What's his name? Uh, who? What's uh Ruckerfort was doing this entire event, but I they thought got... it was
2: you this whole time.
1: What's Rucka <gasps> doing then? Uh,
2: he did like half of Ultimates, didn't he? Didn't he do like half of no? no, he no left yeah, that's ultimates to do this. Well, I have no idea. Then. Yeah right.
1: <laughs> uh, whatever. I, I guess it's, you, you have to take take off doing your regular comic just to draw one issue of this because there's so many goddamn characters. Um,
2: yeah, holy moly! And this is like I, I'm a big Lenore U fan, but this is a um. I don't think this is his best work because it's probably a little bit rushed and it's a lot of characters.
1: Uh, So yeah, this. But as an event, again, it's not that bad yet. You know, it's going to end up being terrible because all these events, like they always try and trick you into like, no, this event's a good one. (laughs) And then by the end, you're like, why did I read this? Events. Um, But I can't even tell you whether this is like. You know, at least they've gotten into the fighting part really quickly instead of building up to it. And then there only being like you know ten issue, two issues of it towards the end of the series. Um, But we see different different mutants versus different humans and it's pretty entertaining
2: yeah yeah medium medium entertaining <laughs>
1: um so those are our marvel and dc books and just
2: to just to wrap up i'm gonna post this in the serious issues group because it's the best which but is
1: facebook.com slash group slash serious issues podcast we're at like 350 something members at the moment everyone just talking about comics all day it's good yeah fun. it's really nice come and join us it's um, free
2: Just a little insight into my my relationship. My boyfriend just sent me a picture. He's been reading um, the Wolverine, the Mark Silvestri stuff, which um, was re released in a trade last week. And he was telling me there was like this one panel of Wolverine in cowboy boots, a hat. And just underpants that he was like, I need to find it because it just had stuck in his memory so strongly as a child. So he just found it and he sent it to me. That's fantastic. And that's
3: really good. Someone should cosplay as that.
2: That's the year. ultimate. This is ultimate Wolverine. When, when this you is come the best to when you come
1: to ask someone at King's Comics out, do it in cowboy Boy's underpants. Oh my god! A, no one do hat. that.
2: <laughs> no one do that.
1: Siobhan can we talk about my favorite book of the week this yes, week? Yes, please. Uh, well, actually, there are a few of them were my favorite books of this week. So we, 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 we're, we've done DC, we've done Marvel. Now it's time to talk about the good books. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, not all of these are good, but these were the first ones we'll talk about, very good, uh, including probably like my favorite new series. Um, we're up to issue three of it. It's by Ulysses Farinas, Eric Freitas, and Ryan Hill. It's called Motro, and uh, we've described it as uh, Adventure Time Meets Akira. Mm-hmm. Um, it started out with a, a young boy with incredible power, um, kind of in this fan- fantasy war world, um, And uh, him kind of, kind of winning the affection of a a king, and now suddenly with issue three, we jump forward, and the boy is now an old man, yeah, Um, and uh, you know a a proud warrior uh, leading his team into battle uh, to try and find magical artifacts to help them win the war.
2: Yeah, like this isn't a comic that holds your hand and tells you exactly what's happening. It kind of throws you in the deep end in terms of action and you kind of have to fill in the blanks yourself but I love that I love this so much
1: at times it is just batshit insane yeah people die monsters appear out of nowhere there's Um, a bit of
2: weird old earth technology like there's still kind of cars and stuff like that which makes you wonder like is this a like what what plane does this universe exist on because there's also some crazy like kind of far-future magic-seeming technology. Yeah, and his and, and
1: kind of, like, nemesis is uh, is the, the the son of the king that he won the affection of. And who, all he wants
2: to do is be his friend. He and, just wants a family.
1: But but the, the, this this guy will never, because he embarrassed him in front of his family, he will never forgive him. But he's now known as the rock master, and he has, like, a little bag full of magical rocks that when he throws them, magic shit happens. Yeah, so good. It's, and, and allows uh, it allows the artist to just do some really fantastic stuff. Um... Ulysses Farinas is is so good.
2: Yeah, holy moly!
1: Um, this is such an incredible and weird book. Only press is putting it out, and I can't, I can't see it coming out on any other. <laughs> I can kind of it almost is something that I would expect to show up in Ireland.
2: Yeah, or like I would expect this to come in a sort of like um, what's the sort of big like an Archaea book, you right? Know? Like sure. I like you would expect this to be in a already graphic novel hardcover format. Um, it's so good. So it's good, so guys. incredible.
1: Um, there's so much like emotion linked to it, but it's also so batshit insane that sometimes the, like the emotion part, emotional parts just hit take you completely by surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: really hit hard.
1: It's really, really great, and, and this ends with another massive jump forward in time yeah. at the end. So I don't know what this book is going to do. Is, is this, Are we going to see this this character grow old and die, like in the next issue, and then something else happens? I don't know.
2: I don't know. Could it like could be anything? Like this involve like at one point a big weird frog, a frog wizard, comes into the bar where they're all drinking and licks Motro on the head, so he gets cool visions of the future, and all of the visions of his future of. Of having a family, Aww, oh, the poor guy!
1: But he also destroys everything. Yeah, so good. God, such so a good, good guys, Metro, uh, it, and it's such a great thing to read after reading a bunch of like, you know, like not all superhero comics are good. We definitely try and find and, and talk about the best ones, but mm. you do have to, you know, just just to keep up with with superhero universes you do have to read a lot of average comics and this is the complete opposite of that yeah totally so too is southern bastards issue number 16 from image written by jason aaron and with art by jason latour i mean Um,
2: every issue of this is brilliant this
1: may have been my favorite one it's such
2: and like every this is one of those comics that like every issue kind of like gets you in some way like it's so violent or it's so emotional or something so unexpected happens every time
1: and jason aaron isn't like content, just going like this guy is a bad guy because he's yeah. evil. He's like, no, here is why this guy does the bad things that he does, and here is how it makes him feel. Yeah, and here's why he keeps doing it, and here's how, why you might kind of feel sorry for him for yeah. being the guy he is. Coach Boss God, is so probably my favorite. Like, it sounds feels like a weird thing to say, but one of my favorite characters from the last few years in comics.
2: He's such a compelling villain, and like, not even like you like he is. He is the villain of the piece, but he's you you find out so much more about him and you understand him and you feel sorry for him and you can see him compromising himself in ways that he never thought he would in this issue that are really horrible and he's like crossing a line in a very serious way
1: jason aaron is not afraid to completely take the story down a horrible dark path and make you feel so disgusting yeah thankfully doesn't go the full way i thought yes. he was at one point in this in this issue um and we won't spoil it but um there 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 is still a lot of heart at the core of this book. It's all about honour and have you read have you read Scalped?
2: No, I should.
1: You should read Scalped. Scalped is like one of my favourite series. I would probably put it like higher than I would a hundred bullets. Um mm. probably my favourite Vertigo series.
2: Another uh, thing that I'm really excited about that they um have a little you just see a little poster for in the back of this is um, they are finally bringing back and I think going to finish Jason Latour's series Loose Ends, which I think only the first two issues came out years ago, not published by Image, and it was one of those ones that I immediately loved and was like, I was so bummed out when it never never finished. Um, and so Image are going to be reprinting that. And it's just a four-issue Southern crime comic, um, probably similar in like tone and themes to um, – to Southern Bastards, but but also very very different. So I'm I'm really I'm really geeked for that one to come back.
1: Also, one of the best letters sections in comics today. Too. Oh
2: yeah, I don't really read the letters. There's section. always
1: like hilarious recipes and <laughs> the, the, the scope of people from so many different parts of the world writing into this are, are just really really entertaining. Yeah. Um, I also got the variant this week, which is their take on oh, um, lovely. the uh, Mockingbird issue number eight, which is the "Ask Me About My Feminist Agenda." Um, Really, really good stuff.
2: Yeah, guys. Also, we'll be talking about Mockingbird at this week's Queens of Kings. If you are a geeky lady in the Sydney area, come on down 5.30 at Kings Comics on Sunday the 22nd.
1: What's the Queens of Kings Facebook page if they want to find out more information?
2: Facebook. Just search Queens of Kings.
1: Just search for Queens of Kings. <laughs> it's uh, a regular... Uh,
2: we do it every month. It's like a heap of fun every single time.
1: Awesome. Hey, let's talk about some Archie books before we go back to Image. The Image World. Well. Um there were two Archie books this week.
2: I can't believe I missed Jughead. How did that even happen? God, I
1: hate myself. So here's the thing. Jughead was really great. Ryan North, Derek Chum, my favorite creative team working on Archie books at the moment. Yes. Um, there are some unbelievably good jokes uh, beneath the panels of this. I'll let you read it. Thank once you. Once we finish recording while I edit the episode. Um, overall, the story was, was cool. It was it was a very Reggie-heavy episode uh, issue. Great. Um, where basically um, Reggie's better than everyone at video games and because he keeps winning, they uh, keep saying... That uh, they like Reggie. basically like whoever wins this, you know, whatever version of Mario Kart they play in the Archiverse, Um, Whoever wins gets to be a king for a day. And Reggie ends up winning. And then Jughead is so convinced that he's a better better at playing video games than Reggie that he challenges into a rematch. And if if uh, if Reggie wins again, he gets king for a month. Of course, Reggie wins, and oh, it no. keeps going there and there. Um, He keeps rematching and then Reggie keeps upping the stakes more and more. And then he says, fine, if I win this, you have to do whatever I want to do. Oh, God. But then it ends up being that he wants them to form a band with him
2: oh cute and
1: Archie's like totally we can call it the Archie and <laughs> Reggie's like no we're going to call it the Reggies so that's what the next uh, next book is going to be the Reggies also um, like
2: what's wrong with Archie <laughs> <laughs> that's his first reaction oh there's a
1: brilliant so I, I complained about the trope of having like you know the first few pages of a video game heavy comic being like panels in which they are actually Literally playing in. out the video game mm. with like their, their faces on the characters and then like so you see like you know Jughead and Reggie and Veronica kind of all racing as themselves in this video game, and then when Archie shows up, he says like um, the, the um, like the the face modification, like the the fa- the the identity um, editing software mm. in this game is really hard to use. So <laughs> Archie's face is all fucked up; like, his <laughs> eyes are all broken. So good, um, yeah, it's really it's fun so and silly. But uh, my favorite Archie book this week was Reggie and Me.
2: Oh wow! Did you like this? Yeah, I did. I'm just um, I thought. Jughead would probably be better but that's good news because I also really enjoyed this comic Tom
1: DeFalco Sandy um, I this is a book told from the perspective of uh, the only person who likes Reggie which is Reggie's dog Vader um, and uh, basically just you know Reggie as this dumb prankster who has it in for Archie um, he's you know always misunderstood by all the different residents of, res- of uh, Riverdale. Uh, he loves Midge, who dates Moose. He hates the only person he hates more than Archie is Moose because Moose gets Midge. But uh, this in this issue, uh, an unlikely alliance forms, and it was really
3: sweet.
2: Yeah, this had such a sweet Moose moment, and yeah. I love like I love Moose. Um, and so this bit where you know Moose is like, I need to talk to you, Reggie. Let's go get a. Like let's go to get a milkshake. He's like I, Talk I, this over.
1: Yeah, you, you've been spending way, a, lot, a lot of time with Midge lately, and 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 Reggie's really worried that M- Moose is going to beat the shit out of him for doing that. Yeah, but then he's like, "Well, if you know, if if Midge vouches for you, you're all right by me. Whatever <laughs> you need from me, you just let me. Know. Like, it's like I'm gonna
2: have, I'll have your back, got your back. Yeah. So go you've ahead. got to assume that Reggie is going to take advantage of this and ruin it. Um, but just that was such a sweet moment. I loved it.
3: Yeah.
1: Um. So there are some good good Archie books out there. Um. Archie is good by mark wade jughead ryan north really great and reggie and me probably become my favorite
2: yeah and such a fun like really old kind of i think almost 1940s reggie um archie's rival reggie comic in the back by george freeze very funny
1: super great i liked it it's a good time to read archie books it really is provided you don't read um the ones that aren't great. <laughs> I don't need to name them by name because we complained about them in the past. Let's go back to Image right now. Um, it was a big week for Image. Lots yeah. of big uh, titles for them, but there are a few misses here. Um, Motor Crush issue number two by Brandon Fletcher. Yeah, that was a miss. I don't know if it was a miss. Cameron Stewart, bonkers. Babstar, The the. I think there there are parts of this book that I really like. There's also parts I don't. I don't. I don't know if what I was expecting from this book. But, uh,
2: I feel like it's two issues in. Two
1: issues in. I know. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep reading it. I don't, I don't know if I like this yet. That's all I'm going to say.
2: Right. Okay. I do really like it. I think that they're setting up like, it's a cool universe. I like the kind of weird racing stuff. I like the like a, the, the, developing mystery around the main character of Domino Swift. I love I Babs Tarr. that's Tar. very cool. I, Babs Tarr
1: is, is and so is she do good. Does she do her own colouring as well? I don't Color know. Colour and production assistant Heather Danforth.
2: Wow, beautiful colors!
1: Unbelievable colors on this book, and like just for art alone, I'll keep reading. Yeah, Hard
2: um, draws such cute girls and such like great outfits. <laughs> like it's such a fashionable book. Yes, you
1: know? um, incredible. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just um, as far as the, the story goes. I don't know if the, the, the weight that they're kind of putting on these big cliffhanger moments each time. Like they're pretty much like the, the issue one ended with her drinking the, the crush. Yeah. Which we saw rip someone apart moments before she took it herself. Yeah. And then that's revealed in issue two to kind of just be nothing. We don't even see the aftermath. Well, we see, just hear about it.
2: Like I like that because she's like, why does it not kill me? What like you aren't like we're discovering this that the character who is her dad is not her like birth father and she's like where did I come from why won't you tell me why can I drink this when it tears other people apart like what is wrong with me and we don't have answers for that and so I thought that was cool I'm I think that they're setting up like a cool mystery around her which I'm pretty into yeah so I like the relationships sure. so far
1: you know? I, I'm wary of liking the relationship between her and her maybe not father because you just know they're gonna fucking kill him.
2: I mean, probably. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe I just need to like let my guard down and just enjoy this book for what it is. Allow yourself of, like, to have feelings. Come on, man. Hey, man, you cannot be the one telling me that. I got <laughs> way more feelings than you, <laughs> <true>. Ice Princess. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, Motor Look, it's uh, it's far from a bad book. I just um, I, yeah. I was really really excited about it, and um, uh, it's not what I thought it was going to be. I guess. Yeah.
2: Look, I mean, there was a lot of hype around this book, um, and so I can appreciate you know, you have certain expectations of what something's going to be and if it doesn't quite live up to that. But I, I like this universe so far and I'm, I'm on board.
1: Um, Moonshine, written by Brian Azzarello with Adorado Risso, Another book that hasn't quite uh, gotten to a point where I'm completely comfortable with the story yet. Um, the art is some of the best work Eduardo Risso has ever done. I love the colouring on it too. Yeah, I could um,
2: read this without the words. Yeah. Azzarello, I don't know if it would necessarily be better, but I could.
1: Azzarello definitely channeling the pulpier side of, yeah. uh, of his writing here. And that, you know, there are... Certain problematic elements to it, um, but it, you know it fits the kind of era that he's writing. Um, I don't really know where the story is going. The, yeah. the, the I could. I actually think I would enjoy this book if there was no weird threat of werewolf.
2: I see. I think the weird threat of werewolves makes it.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. I, 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 like. I,
2: I, the the stupidity of this issue ending with him getting naked and following a naked like getting drunk and naked and following a naked lady into the forest. You get she's definitely going to be a werewolf, and you're definitely going to get eaten by werewolves, bro.
1: You reckon the main character's going to get eaten by a werewolf? Then what's going to happen? Is he going to become gonna, a werewolf? He
2: might be a werewolf. All right. There'll be a mob enforcer who's also a werewolf. <laughs> cool.
1: What do you think of the preview at the end of this book and a few image books this week of the old guard, the new Greg Rucker and Leonardo Romero Leonardo sorry Leandro Fernandez? Uh,
2: I think the art looks very cool. Yeah. That's all I can say.
1: Another another Rucker War comic coming out.
2: Rucker loves war.
1: But uh Moonshine again, Azarello and Riso, one hundred bullets is great, but the first few issues of that aren't great. So who knows what Moonshine could, could turn into? Absolutely. A werewolf, probably. Uh, let's complain about some books, Sean. What do Yay. you reckon? Green Valley, number four by Max Landis. And um, look, Uncomplainable Art by Giuseppe Coley. It's not what we're here to complain.
2: Absolutely. Um, Coley does a great job.
1: Uh, you know what? Shame on me for still reading this book. I, I, I found out it's a miniseries, so I'm going to read it until the end.
2: Yeah, same. I don't know why I'm still reading this because I don't think either of us especially like it. I find the characters really insincere is my main thing. And I don't like... I don't like them. I don't like the sort of bro, broy friendship that they all have. But I think they're all rings... angry at each other secretly. Yeah, it rings really like false the whole way through.
1: And the one female character in this book. Oh yeah, everyone's uh, like,
2: why haven't you? Why has not someone? Why haven't not someone married you yet? All I guess the
1: being written in like olden times where that was a legitimate like concern. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh,
2: eighteen. Your ovaries are gonna dry up. Uh, she's like
1: she's probably fourteen. <laughs> um yeah. I, I I kind of you know, the, the twist of the wizard in this book being uh a time traveller with mm. like, you know, weird future devices, uh someone not, not too far from our own time is kind of clever, I guess, but now there's like dinosaurs in this book and there's a lot so, of time travelly stuff. What on. I don't like about this book is that it's so proud of itself, like everything yeah. Max Linus does. <laughs> yeah. And uh I don't think it's earned that pride.
2: Yeah, I think I, I don't mind the time travel stuff. I think that that's I think that's fine. I think that's clever enough. I think that's pretty clever. I don't think I've seen something like that before. But I just find the characters unappealing in the extreme. and I don't I don't need characters to be likable mm. to enjoy them. Um, but these guys just have nothing. They have nothing for me. It's four white bros. Like, I don't care. I don't care about it.
1: Especially when we had Lake of Fire, which was, you know, similarly Mm. like a bunch of white bros, but there was so much more depth and and, uh, femininity within that book. Yeah, absolutely. That this book completely lacks. Um, Violent Love, another image book we read that we were quite fond of the first issue, written by Frank J. Barbier and Victor Santos on art. I think this book still looks great, but um, the story is doing less and less for me as it continues. Siobhan. I still
2: like it as a like a straight up kind of pulpy crime. Yeah, you're right. That's going to turn into a romance comic. I quite like it. It is like it does what it says on the tin. You know, it's not like the most compelling crime comic of all time, but I like the way this Daisy character is developing. Um, I think that it's pretty interesting. The art's really good. Enjoy
1: it. A new backup started in this issue called "A Constant Dis- A Constant Distraction" by Jamie Jones and Ryan Ferrier. So it's a little bit more bang for your buck with a backup in the back. It probably won't be collected in the in the trade. Another reason to buy singles. Absolutely. Um, those are our image books. Did you read any more?
2: Uh, no. no, that was all my image.
1: Should we talk about "Shipwreck" from AfterShock, Why not? written by Warren Ellis and Phil Hester? Uh, this is a book about, uh, I guess, someone with. We're learning more about this universe. It opened with a, a man stranded in a uh, in a world or dimension that he was not familiar with. Almost, mm. like I thought it was he was in the afterlife when it. Yeah, when it began. that's kind of how it seems. He still may be, but when we learn in this book that he was a scientist that was working on a way to um, save the world by traveling to another dimension. Um,
2: or traveling, traveling, in, traveling interdimensionally. Uh, well, I think it was like traveling to the another planet, the moon Titan. But, um, go, like, by going through another dimension or something like that?
1: We're finding another Earth. Yeah. There is an Earth-like world that is much, much closer. Another Earth. So, yeah, it was the, the moon of Titan, which uh, is explained. I love that he gets... he This character is, like, you know, stranded in this weird world and he's looking for shelter, so he goes into an inn and uh, the girl at the uh, reception says payment um, is twenty seven dollars or you can pay me 17 if you can tell me a thing I don't know. Mm. Because uh, this, there ain't what you'd call a rich cultural flow through that front door. Uh, and then he tells her like a long story about the moon of Titan and why it's habitable for Earth people. And then uh, she's like... Um,
2: that was like 15 things I didn't know.
1: <laughs> so you get to stay in the room for free. I thought that was fun. There's a lot that, and the it's really very, like very good. Phil and, and interestingly... Um, I read somewhere, I don't know, I think, is it an Aftershock book? But Phil Hester is writing a book oh, cool. that's coming out quite soon. Yeah, called Blood Blister, written by Phil Hester with art by Tony Harris. Oh, that's I'll the, check that out. I like an, Tony an, Harris. That's the next Aftershock book. Cool. Um, good to see that Tony Harris isn't writing, isn't drawing Brian Hitch's Justice League anymore.
2: Hey, that is nice.
1: So yeah, uh, Shipwreck is probably my favourite Aftershock book now. They are a, a, a publisher that hasn't quite kept me interested. I'm still reading Animosity, but everything else of theirs, from Captain Kidd to... Whatever else I began, I've dropped. Mm. Uh, so yeah. Shipwreck is my favorite title they're putting out right now because it's the only one I'm really reading.
2: I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I read one more comic. I'm still reading Angel City, written by Janet Harvey with um, illustrations by Megan Levens. Not this Levens, she different her Levens. Levens. with
1: two E's. I got an I in there. It's crazy. You can't spell Levens without I. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, there's no I in Levens. <laughs> Damn it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: a way better way to say it. <laughs>
2: Um, so this is kind of like golden age Hollywood set crime drama with our sort of um, former, uh, like, tried to be an actress in Hollywood, failed, now is was working as an enforcer for a bad guy. Um, she has been let go from that job because she didn't want to date the dude anymore. I like this mostly because it involves, like, real Hollywood um, stuff like uh, Eddie Mannix is in it and the um, there's a really I think I think probably an issue with this is that I probably enjoy the backup material more than the actual comic. The art's really really nice it's like a very sort of clean cartoony book and it's got a lot going for it but there's a backup um, little essay about um, Aggie Underwood who shows up as a character in this who was a female like really prominent female journalist in um, working in LA during this period and really interesting
1: I found the Lee character this is a bit too angsty for me for the genre that they're trying to do I get that that kind of brings a level of new interest that you've not seen before but yeah. I found her a bit annoying to read
2: yeah I understand that you sort of wish that um, like while I understand her being a little bit angsty like it works in the context of the story you kind of wish that she would just I just wish this was a more straight up fun book yes you
1: know? Yeah. more why can't Hollywood murders be more fun
2: well exactly The Black Dahlia that was a laugh a minute
1: yeah <laughs> um, those are all our reviews for the week. Um, now we're going to let you know what's coming out uh, next this week that uh, we recommend you pick up. A um, little bit of a smaller week this week. I've put less than 40 comics on my pull list. Whoa. Which is crazy. Um, the ones that I would recommend you absolutely pick up too. Um, the Black Hammer Giant-Sized Annual is coming yes. out by Jeff Lemire um, with Dean Ormston. And uh, a, a, a plethora of uh, some of our favorite comic book artists um, from uh, Dustin Nguyen, to uh, Mike Allred um, there's lots of uh, what's uh, uh, Emmy Lennox oh great there's lots of incredible um, artists working on this book so really looking forward to this anthology of one of our favourite series from last year and awesome. this year um, the finale to the Cage miniseries great uh, comes out issue number four I've been loving that be fun um, now we get to play the uh, image number one game <laughs> um, Curse Words is a new book written by Charles Sewell and The Few is a new book written by Sean Lewis uh, I'm going to guess that curse words is more likely to sell more copies than the few, but I don't think either of them will sell out within the first week of them being released. I agree. Okay. Looking uh we need someone from Kings to, uh, co- Hey Lynn, do you want to, do you want to be our, our numbers gal? Mean? You've mean, you have to let us know if uh, an image book sells out in the first week, every Monday. <laughs> Cool, guys. Lynn has, has taken on the incredible paid position. Uh, <laughs> it's a very, very high-paid position. Um, Manifest Destiny, number 25, which is the first issue of the new arc of that great book, which uh, uh, one of our listeners, Stephen, told me to read, and I read all the issues, and I really enjoy it. It's a great great series about um, the discovery of America plus monsters. Um, I think
2: discovery is a correct term. Sorry, you're right. <laughs> I, I,
1: the, you know, the, the idea yeah, of yeah, yeah. the... the, 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 uh, the God damn it, all the words are problematic. (laughs) (laughs) The rape and pillaging of America by white people in which they encounter monsters. Um, Speaking of monsters, Monsters Unleashed, which is the new Marvel event, um, begins number one this week. Um, And we also get the number one of the mighty Captain Marvel, which probably will not be good. Um, They're Um Not Like Us. Oh, yep, Which that is returns. A, a, a quite a great image series. Um, one of a, a, an awesome thing they do is they start on the comics. The story starts on the front cover and ends on the back cover. Yeah, that is fun. That's real fun. So issue um, 13 of that. The new I'm March. really
2: excited about uh, the third issue of Motor Girl, Terry Moore's. Yep. Terry Moore. I was really yeah.
1: hoping that Motro and Motor Girl would forever come out the same yeah. week. And Motor Crush, all three. It would Which have been a, the
2: most motor-heavy motor week.
1: Um, and finally, uh WWE. <laughs> the uh, comic that took me by surprise last year it starts officially this, this, this week I'm really looking forward to catching up with the adventures of wrestlers that I know nothing about but that are drawn beautifully does
2: Dan Moore do the interiors or just the covers just the covers I think nah. but uh,
1: Dennis Hopeless is still writing the main story well that's good yeah so those are some of the comics that we recommend for next week. Um, what are you picking up? Let us let us know what, what you think we should be reading alongside your reading choices. Uh, Facebook.com slash Serious Issues Podcast or our group. You can discuss the comics that you're going to read and argue with other people about why they should or shouldn't read the comics they want to read. Uh, Don't be too mean, though, because that would suck. Be (laughs) mean to us instead. Uh, Facebook.com slash group slash Serious Issues podcast is where you can uh, talk with us all the time. Or send us an email to serious issues at KingsComics.com. Siobhan loves getting the emails and gets sad when you don't, so make sure you send those emails to her.
2: Yeah, I've been really sad for a long time.
1: Well, Siobhan, that ties into a very important question that I've waited very long to ask you. How are you?
2: Oh, I'm I'm actually all right. (laughs)
1: Oh, great. Awesome. I'm glad I waited to the end of this episode to find out. And I hope everyone uh, is satisfied with that answer.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, You've been listening to Serious Issues. Uh, Thank you so much. You can find Siobhan online, SiobhanCBG, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at LevDog on all of those things. And uh, we love hearing from you. We love talking about comics with each other and you. Absolutely. So keep in touch with us. And we'll talk to you next week. See you then. See you guys.